Bienvenidos, Liberty Kitty Cats. Welcome to Monday's flagship Lions of Liberty podcast. And today is a very, very special all-nerd, all-pop culture episode. And this episode is not only listener-produced, it is also listener-sponsored because our first sponsor comes from our friends, the Scarif Scuttlebutt. Whenever you're not listening to your favorite libertarian podcast like this one, you might want to check out this No Shills Star Wars podcast. These guys talk about everything in the genre, from the movies to the books, TV shows, video games, everything and everything. They do big, deep dives into the saga, not just skimming the surface. And they get into other areas as well. They talk about politics, propaganda, philosophical ideas like fate versus free will, all the ideas that crop up throughout the Star Wars mythology these guys tackle, and they are in no way afraid to speak their minds. Please do give them a follow on Twitter at Scarif Podcast. That's S-C-A-R-I-F, at Scarif Podcast. And they, of course, can be found everywhere your favorite podcasts are found. Welcome to the Lions of Liberty Podcast. Here's your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Clare. All right, kitty cats, welcome, and it is time for this month's Nittany Level Special, where one of our $50 per month patrons gets to choose a topic for today's show, essentially gets to be the producer for the day, and with me now is this month's Nittany Level producer, Michael Wharton. Michael, are you ready to roar? As always. Excellent, my friend, excellent. And uh, before we get into uh, your choice this month for us to look at, you actually chose a movie for us to review, which is exciting, because I've been waiting for someone to choose a movie for us to review for a while now. Uh, We'll get into that in a minute, but first I want to learn a little bit about yourself. Uh, How did you get into libertarianism, libertarian ideas, and how did you find the greatest libertarian variety show on earth here, Lions of Liberty? All right, so uh, it really starts from my childhood. I was the bullied kid. I was the one that, you know, just kind of always felt weak and uh, lonely all the time. And so, you know, one of the things I always promised myself in the future was that I, I never wanted to see anyone like that, you know, have to go through that in the future. So, um, it, it, it was kind of a slow progression. Like I had heard about Ron Paul in 2008 when I was a teenager and then 2011, 2012, I started getting really into his, uh, his ideals, but I was still a Romney kid at the time. <laughs> uh, 2012, I enlisted in the air force and then, um, I, started actually reading the material and stuff during 2014, 2015, 2015, I meet, I met up with uh, Austin Peterson and joined his campaign. Mm -hmm. And then ever since then, I've been a a very passionate freedom ninja. Awesome. And I've worked with a lot of libertarians. And how'd you, how'd you stumble upon Lions of Liberty? Oh gosh. Had to have been, I think it was like during the first time you guys did the uh the liberty draft and like i had heard you cross over that was maybe three or maybe three or four years ago i think it was 2016 i think it was something on uh i think you did like a crossover with uh jason stapleton or tom wood something like that that sounds about right a long time ago those guys are always trying to you know glom off our fame and that sort of thing so We let, him, we let him get in the mix once in a while. Uh, let's go and talk about your selection for today. Like I said, you had a movie that you wanted us to review, so why don't you just, I'll let you tee it up. Why did you make the selection? You can also talk about you now your interest in the genre, and I'll let you tee it up however you want. You're the producer. All right, so uh, first and foremost, I am a, I'm a casual anime fan. I, uh, I only like about four or five shows and a few of the movies, but undoubtedly my favorite film of the genre and one of my favorite films of all time, definitely top 10 is the 1988 anime classic Akira. 
with that show, sorry, with that movie, it is uh, one of the most influential, uh, not only of its genre, but probably in all of movie history. As um, since the 32 years it's come out, it has influenced some of the biggest films of all time, uh, some of the most popular shows, and uh, many of its uh, attributes still are lingering in today's uh, today's Hollywood and across the whole world. Uh, shows like uh, Stranger Things and movies like The Matrix, Looper, Chronicle, all those are, are like directly inspired by uh, Akira. And then there's a bunch of other um, shows and movies that have had like somewhat inspiration from it. Uh, many of its uh, iconic scenes are, including the most infamous, which is uh, the bike slide, is actually directly parodied at least a dozen times in popular culture. And uh, and one of the probably probably the biggest thing to come from it is this is where we get uh, in anime the uh, infamous rivals screaming each other's names at the top of their lungs. <laughs> so, <laughs> which I think is a requirement for every um, anime film yes. or cartoon or what have you. Yes, for sure. Why did you specifically choose this for this libertarian podcast? I don't want you to spoil anything because we're going to go through the whole movie in just a few minutes here. Oh, for but, sure. Uh, but maybe just you know give a little teaser of uh, some of the reasons that you're seeing some sort of libertarian themes through this movie too. So if anyone is not familiar with the film, although it is uh, it starts off in 1988, same year it came out. Um, actually, the date listed is the day it came out in theaters in Japan. Uh, and in the beginning, uh, Tokyo is destroyed. And then, so it picks up 31 years later Spoiler in Neo alert, Tokyo. But that's just the first yes, 10 yeah. seconds. So okay. that, 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 it literally is the very beginning of the movie. <laughs> yes. Uh, so before you even introduce any characters, so it's set in 2019. You know, the far off future. <laughs> right. But in in this in this far off future, you know, like this, it is almost exactly what we're going through in the past year or so, especially this year in 2020. Like we we have dealt with a lot of calamities and disasters and stuff. And, and here you have this dystopian cyberpunk future where you see this gleaming metropolis in Neo Tokyo. But at the same time, you have these absolutely terrible government schools, you have gang warfare, you have, uh, you have a crackdown by uh, a militarized police force. Uh, you have corrupt government all around. It's, there's so many themes at play here that even if not directly libertarian, they are something that libertarians can appreciate. Like this is one of the, uh, if not the most accurate uh, prediction of the future of any film. Yeah. It's one of those movies where if you watch it in 1988, it probably would seem very sort of futuristic and dystopian, but watching it today, literally just after the year it was supposed to have taken place and seeing the parallels is really frightening actually. Uh, without you know putting yes. aside the supernatural elements, uh, just the, the element of the police state, the, the state of affairs in Tokyo, the protests, uh, the, the checkpoints that they're talking about is very similar to like the curfews and the, the lockdowns that have been going on in American cities. And, um, and then, you know, what you really see is all these libertarian themes sort of being spliced in. Now, in some way, everything can have a libertarian theme because us libertarians can find the themes in everything. But oh, of this one, I think they're, they're, the, the, the subjects are pretty overt and uh, the stuff for us to dissect, it's, it's very juicy. So we're going to get into this thing in just a minute here. So hopefully you can tone in here. We are going to be streaming this live in uh, the Pride. Of course, um, people that are in the Pride in Patreon will be knowing that because they will be in the Facebook group able to see this live stream. So just another reason to join the Lions of Liberty Pride. You can get access to the live streams with 
that we do through the Secret Pride Facebook group for as little as two bucks a month. It's hardly anything. Just a little chump change. Or you can give us as much as 50, 100, 250 a month. 50 a month, though, gets you to be in the seat that Michael's in right today uh, producing one of these episodes. So, Michael, thank you so much for uh, setting this up for us, for contributing, for all your support over the years. And uh, we hope you enjoy it. So I hope you're going to kick back and then uh, review this thing with us or, w- or watch us review it anyway. Of course. For sure. Uh, one more one more thing to add on to that. This is the this is the film that predicted the 2020 Tokyo Olympics in 1988, 25 years before it was decided there. And right. because of the way the movie ends, it's more than likely those games get postponed as well. Yeah, without spoilers, I think there's a safe. It's safe to say the uh, the the Olympics will not be taking place in the uh, in the world of Akira either. Uh, Michael, thanks so much <laughs> again. Thanks for teeing up this topic. I really appreciate the support, man. We'll talk to you soon. Oh, for sure. Thank you. I just have to, to start and say I love how magnificently 80s the, the opening scene and music of Akira is. It, it brought me back to a, uh, a, long, a long lost time. You know? Happy place, JB. Yeah. There's something about the 80s. I hated the 80s for a long time in the 90s. And I think probably a lot of the odds. But then all of a sudden it had like a mental renaissance for me where I started to appreciate things all things 80s to like the nth degree and i don't really know where it came from maybe it's wish, just age i wish i had been older in the 80s though it, yeah it seems like some of the older people would have a whole lot of fun <laughs> well i think this is all prescient commentary so i'm going to say that this show has already begun you have heard the voices now of a jb dr science lubin and howie snowden the godfather of lions of liberty we also have here uh for this very special nittany level review of akira i've also got from On the Run, his recent adventure. Adventure? Venture? Remzo Martinez, what's up? It's one or the other. I'm doing good. It's great to be here. I got to say, when I heard someone was wanting to talk about Akira, I was like, God damn, it's been a while since I've seen that film. But got to watch it again. And ha, the timing, the timing's perfect if you've never seen it before or if you want to go back and rewatch it. This is almost the same conversation as the pre-show chat in which we talked about the Watchmen show and how the timing on that now, uh, watching that now is mind-blowing. I, I haven't seen it yet, so I don't want to be spoiled too much on it, but I'm looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, a lot of stuff like this. I, I find a lot of movies from like the 80s and things like that now, I, I look at them and I'm like, whoa, this is kind of what's happening. I mean, They Live, has They Live ever been more relevant of a movie? I just watched that this weekend for the first time. It's so good. I had a good weekend watch. I watched Viva Vendetta, They Live, and Monopoly on Violence. You were on a roll this weekend. <laughs> I almost uh, threw an eyes wide shut too to get a. Uh, did your <laughs> wife? Did your wife have plans? Like, why, why? Why are you spending so much time in the hole watching? Watching? Yeah, she watched with me. Oh, that's even better. That's great. That's a good wife right there. Yeah, I just got through uh, Escape from New York for the first time. I've always seen uh, Escape from L.A which I thought was okay, but Escape from New York is one, not only better, but two, probably has a lot more parallels with what's going on right now. I also finished um, Black Summer on Netflix. It's a spinoff of Z Nation, and right now I'm on season two of Z Nation on Netflix as well. So it's it's really funny. Like, you you watch the, the first episode of Z Nation. This isn't a spoiler, but as they're recapping what's happening, it's like a massive virus has gone around. We think it's from overseas. There are riots in the street. We can't find the president. Uh, you need to go ahead and fend for yourself. This is an end game. This is like an apocalypse extinction level event. And I'm just like, is this Fox? <laughs> I feel like what's happening now has been in so many like pop culture science fiction scenarios that we've seen that now it's just like where are we now? Are we, were we just in the Matrix the whole time? Have we been programmed oh, I, for this? I just scenario? watched all three Matrix movies this weekend. <laughs> Man, you really? <laughs> 
Did you sleep? hours are in the weekend? Well, I mean, so... It was the I, big uh, stay-at-home-and-do-meth weekend for Howie and so the Wife. So V for Vendetta and They Live, you know, are kind of like the government's screwing with this. But then I'm like, what if this isn't even real at all? I'm like, I should watch The Matrix again. So that could be what's happening. Everything just seems like the serendipitousness and the synchronicities. Word and of the day, on. serendipitousness. That's not a word, but it should be. Well, it is it should be a word. It is on this podcast, my friend. I will tell you that. So uh, this is the first time I saw Akira. I think Howie is the only Akira virgin here. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm not really an anime may like weeb dudes. Um, I didn't like it. I'm sorry. I might be the only <laughs> so one. Howie's skipping right to the review, right to his review of it. I didn't like it. <laughs> I mean, I was looking for libertarian themes and it's like, no one's a libertarian in this movie. Like these people are all awful. And that might be part of why I didn't like it. I didn't like any of the characters. They all seem to be like terrible people. No, nope, um, nobody followed the nap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's pretty much true. Yeah. Cause even the, even the hero of the film, uh, I guess that would be Canada probably. I mean, he's like a, a, a thieving street punk. Yeah. I uh, suppose exactly. he's the, yeah, he's the protagonist. Um, <laughs> After he got his powers, he became way less likable. Like he became such a dick. Uh, you're, you're, mixi- you're mixing oh, you're up Tetsuo. How he's oh, no, already. No, no, no. Oh yeah, Tets- yeah. Tetsuo. Yeah. How he finally displaying his racism for all us. those oh, Asian yeah. people. <laughs> yeah, one of those. One of those guys. I don't. One know. of them. You, you know. All right. Well, I'm gonna just run through the movie as kind of a give a little recap based on my notes, but uh, you guys can all feel free to intervene at any point because I want to really go through the whole thing uh, piece by piece, sort of based on my loose notes and loose memory. And even loose notes and even looser memory. That's how I roll. Uh, but we start off on July 16th, 1988 in Tokyo, Japan, with a giant explosion that to the naked eye might appear to be an atom bomb or something like that. And Tokyo is destroyed. So a really, really, really heartwarming way to start things off. Uh, we then head immediately to 2019 in New Tokyo. So they've, they, they've managed to rebuild the city, which is nice to see all those years later. And uh, we see some kids. They are like kind of uh, street racing through New Tokyo uh, with this biker gang who are all dressed as clowns, which is very nice, too. Uh, let's see. During this little uh, fracas, at some point, we see this guy who's injured. He's in like a trench coat and a hat. And wait, he's wait. Walk- Before you even get there. Please. The, the brutal violence during that beginning seemed like these are not good people. Neither get. Not, I guess I did gloss over. Not gloss over initial... and Tetsuo or the clowns. Like, no, they're... What the hell? Frazier sure Tetsuo yeah. kills a guy. Tetsuo, like, like, like kills is, the cop, I think. Somebody, like, straight murder. Is somebody that rides a motorcycle, like, the things that were happening, it was just... That's why yeah, you don't like this, because it's given a bad name to motorcyclers. Yeah, but the show, the show, the movie isn't under any pretense trying to make you think that Tetsuo and Kanada are good people. I don't think that's like the point. They don't try to make you think that they are. They just show you that these are these people and this is what's right. going on right now. I only, I only mentioned because I didn't like anyone in the movie. So <laughs> anyone, even, Not uh, even what, the little kids with the even powers, the little, even the little blue girl. I didn't like them. Actually, the only one that was kind of okay was Akira who I guess like, well, we never really got to know him. Yeah, well, well yeah, that's there. why I guess Kira might be a spoke. dick too. We have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Seem nice. I mean, nice enough, there's but. probably a lot of people with some hard feelings towards him. But. Get him on the motorcycle and see how he reacts. <laughs> <to things. laughs> with all that power and on a motorcycle, 
I mean, come on. Bashing faces. I mean, it's just, I, I, I kind of like that about the film because it's more show, don't tell. I feel like with a lot of post-apocalyptic fiction these days, there's so much set on world building and establishing the context for things that they drown in detail and they just really forget that this is, a, all stories should be character driven. So what do we know? Big bomb goes off. Things haven't been the same. This is a society you have. People are dicks. That's all I needed. I don't need to know what the war was about. I don't need to know how it was fought, why they bombed it. I just need to know things aren't good. We're moving on. Yeah, I kind of took it as as there was all this destruction and then now look, now look how much society sucks. Like this is what we have. People just killing each other in the streets over like stealing bikes and street races and it's perfectly normal. People hardly even blink an eye at it because at the same time there's riots and all this civil unrest too. It's just a shitty fucking society now. But the telling part, like... um... I don't know if this is common for all anime or not. I, I know, I understand that it's, tr- it was uh, dubbed in English, the version I watched, but the dialogue was just dumb. Like it was. <laughs> well, you're going to get that with it. Like, it's no better. No, there was nothing to it. It's no worse than Star Wars dialogue. Mm, come on, Harrison. I mean, Star, Star Wars dialogue is like really written for like second graders. A movie like this is not really about the dialogue. I guess let me ask you this question. How many of you watched it dubbed? I've only seen it dubbed versus in the original Japanese. I feel like 20 years ago, I saw it in the original Japanese. Well, with the subtitles. original Japanese, how is that even going to help? Because you, you have subtitles. Because you'll read it instead of listening to their voices. I think it makes a difference a lot of cases, particularly in media like this, mm-hmm. to get the emotion of the Japanese actor, but just still understand what they're saying with text. Because yeah. I usually, I, I listen, I watched, I rewatched about a quarter of it dubbed and i'm like this doesn't feel right and i moved to the sub and i was immediately like back into it like i was younger maybe it's my bias because that's how i was first introduced to it so it felt more comfortable but this is a huge controversy and anyone who who is into anime knows exactly what i'm talking about what is the proper way to consume japanese media and Mm -hmm. i'm very much into the subtitle camp i think dubbing almost always not in every case because of course not but generally it lowers the 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 intensity of what's going on because it feels faker you know that I, it, you can feel it you can hear it and it and it's not when you listen to the actual japanese it's so much better i'm the same way when it comes to consuming any media of a foreign language i would rather hear it in the language i don't understand and have to read the subtitles than to ever see it dubbed anything even if it means i have to read the whole movie because it's just you there's so much so much of a film and like the portrayal of the characters comes from not just the words, but like the way they're saying something and the, the truth in the character. And that, that gets lost in an overdub almost always. And I, I, I'm going to make a comparison to watching Japanese even wrestling. In an, even in an animated thing? I mean, I even animated. Under, Absolutely. Even animated. For sure. Like I think the evidence is in the movie. fact of how much you hated the dialogue and the characters. Okay. I guess, hey, I didn't know the right way to watch it. Somebody should have told me. <laughs> well, I watched it the same way and I didn't have the same visceral hatred as you. So I might, <laughs> there might be other factors here but i like i want i'm a fan of japanese pro wrestling as well and i would now they do actually have american commentators which is okay but they used to have uh american versions that were just talked over or subtitled and uh i i would always prefer to just hear the japanese commentators i have no idea what they're saying but the emotion that they that they bring into it and and they display it during it it like it guides the whole story whereas if you're just 
reading it or, you know, it doesn't, it's not the same thing's not there if you're just hearing an overdub or someone translating yeah. what someone says. It's, just- it's like Mexican soccer announcers. They could say Pedro got the goal, but there's something about hearing, he got the goal! <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then it lasts for another 10 minutes. Uh, I mean, I think... I, I, I he remember. scored, he scored, he scored, he scored, he scored. Isn't quite the same as goal, 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 goal. Two <laughs> hours later. Oh, yeah, I think I, out of time. I, uh, I read, I, I read the first couple Akira graphic novels in like high school. And what I do know about the film, and this is one thing that's frustrating for people that grew up as the comic was coming out in the mid eighties. The film is the first half of the second book with little bits of the next three volumes and then the second half of the last. Because the thing that is frustrating to a degree is that the creator of the Akira comic also directed the film. And as he was doing the film, he was actually still writing the comics. And the the series didn't end until 1989. So in a way, it's like... like Game of Thrones, the the movie ended before the series, huh? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's the that's the part that's frustrating. And, you know, to a certain degree, it's almost better that at least he had his foot in both, because both the comics and the film, you could say, are both true to their original intention. They're almost two different stories, but it's not like one got watered down because of the other, because he was trying to pace himself with it. He had five years after the film was released. But, the you know, going back to the dialogue, the one thing I do have to say about the film and getting to watch it, like, almost, I want to say a decade after I initially did and even read the original manga, it the animation is so much better than anything that's getting put out right now. Like, you look at how everything is hand-drawn, the way that the characters move, the level of detail that's put into just the background alone. You look at anything animation, even coming out of Disney these days, another film or TV. I think it did set some record for, like, the number of frames of animation because they really put, like, a lot of detail into it. For, like, every two seconds, it took, like, four hours of work or something (laughs) like that. Yeah. I, I have noticed in recent times cartoons just look ridiculous. Like I, I really do not like the animation style going on in today's world. I, I can't watch any of the, well, I mean, they're also meant for like smaller children, but like I tried to watch uh, Marvel Spider-Man when the first season came out on demand. It's the current Spider-Man series that's getting put out through Disney. And I remember when I was in middle school, I had the spectacular Spider-Man, which was then through Sony explicitly. And just the level of effort that you see in both series, it's completely like they're not comparable. The Sony spectacular Spider-Man. I mean, the storytelling was great. The voice acting was remarkable and the animation itself was just really different from what you saw in other superhero cartoons. Now for Marvel Spider-Man right now, it's like, there's no detail in the background. All the voice actors are the same. The stories have like nothing interesting about them. And it just looks like something, it looks like something you would see on YouTube from like a fan film in the mid 2000s. Yeah. But Obviously not into the Spider Verse because that was amazing. Completely different. Into the Spider Verse was remarkable. That, I, I, I think would that say, should have gotten Film of the Year. I, yeah. I would say it got anim- it got Best Animated Film in 2018. But I will say what like Into the Spider Verse is now is probably what Akira was during that uh, period in animation because all we really had was Disney, and then DreamWorks isn't going to come out until 1996. And you look at it like. 
Akira still is better than anything that DreamWorks put out. And DreamWorks was remarkable with their animation. And I mean, I, si- similar to uh, the Spider-Verse, like uh, the, the style of animation there was kind of meant to give you the feel of reading a comic book only in a movie. And I think that the style of Akira is sort of meant to reflect the style you're going to see in the comic book. So I think that's kind of a similarity there as well. A- absolutely. I mean, uh, I think it was Ridley Scott when he did Blade Runner, he was remarkably influenced by, um, by Akira. And I went back and watched uh, the new Blade Runner, Blade Runner 2029 or whatever. And you, you, I, you, I watched that and then Akira a few days apart. And I mean, there's just some, I think animation gets really um, less credit than it deserves because it's seen as a medium for, you know, for traditionally the stereotype is it's a medium for like kids and stuff like that. But you look at a lot of the cartoons that people are consuming now, they're more for a mature audience. They're more adult based. And we've seen that in both animation and comics. So, I mean, you look at the amount of stuff that you see in the background of Akira from the signs to the background characters, to the billboard ads, to the holograms and stuff. It is still, I I would rather see that and see so much more life to the background than what you see in Ridley Scott's Blade Runner, both films, because it's just so dark and there's not much they can do unless you're on the street level. It's almost like you know there's a whole world there, you just don't see it. Akira throws everything at you. So not to get too sidetracked, but just talking about the medium. <laughs> I don't know if-, if Howie's if middle name you, is sidetracked. So. I don't know if any of you guys <laughs> have uh, experienced this before or not. But I used to read a lot of comics. I would, you know, every week when the new comics came out, I'd go to my comic shop, buy them all. The store closed down, and I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to get the digital versions and just read them on my Kindle. And after, like, a month or two of that, it just it wasn't the same, and I just kind of stopped. I'm like, eh, whatever. There's enough comic shows and movies and stuff. Uh, I only read but, comics digitally, but I do miss – it's it's, it's out of yeah, pure it's, convenience, though. And I do, the, I do miss the it's feel. It's not the same at all. Like, I really eh. – I, I don't know. I, I walked through the rain yesterday to go to my comic book store and pick up uh, Dark Knight's Death Metal issue one. I am a I'm a paperback purist. It does seem more like I, I it took me a while to get on the ebook bandwagon, but I definitely like reading books more than comics. There's something about comics that doesn't feel right when it's when I'm using it in ebook format, but I still do. I jumped on Marvel Unlimited mostly probably due to Mark Claire uh, singing its praises. And I, I've i been reading comics on there and I like it. I'll continue to do so. But I do JB feel sounds like, like a prime something... candidate to listen to Remzo and I's new comic book podcast. Yeah. It's coming very soon. It's like there's something feels doesn't feel the same. And I don't and it's not as bad when it's a novel, when it's just text. Yeah. So Sounds I guess I can sympathize with that. Something I can tell you from having seen the numbers for both of my books, I sell more digital copies of both my books than I do physical. But the one thing I've heard time and time again is that people are less likely to finish the ebook version. Whereas if they have the, the print copy of it, they're more likely to finish the print copy. That I can see because when it comes to regular books, I sometimes I have like eight that I'm reading on my Kindle at once because they're just it's so convenient. To, I can, yeah, there's so no easy. there's no limit. So yeah. I'll start one and I'll be like, hey, I don't feel like reading this anymore right now. I'll come back to it and I might never come back to it. But if I'm carrying around one physical book with me, like I used to do, I'm gonna finish that book. So I make something sense. I'll read more than once or will refer back to. I need the physical copy. If it's just like oh, I just want to read this real quick, Kindle's fine. But you know, an important book that's I need the real one. 
All right. Well, we can talk about our reading habits all, right, all day back long. To but, it, back to it, Kira. But we're here talking about a movie. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to kind of pick up my recap a little bit. It's for people I think who haven't. we've only made it about 10 minutes into the movie so yeah, far. I'm going to blaze through. <laughs> people are <laughs> killing each other. <laughs> I mean, I think it's uh, we've set the tone because that is what's happening. There's people killing each other in the street. There's chaos. There is madness. Uh, there are news reports about protests. And there is just a, a New Tokyo is just a shitty place. Uh, these kids are, I mean, I think Tetsuo actually kills a cop at some point who's just chasing the kid who stole a bike. So like, I mean, like how he pointed out, these are like really bad people from the beginning. Uh, I guess it's just a matter of degree and, and what they go through throughout the film. But uh, during this whole melee, we also see this guy who's injured uh, and he's wearing like a trench coat and a hat and he's walking around with this little old, I call him chubby, you know, uh, what do I call him? Chubby blue old kid, something like that. Yeah. Little old kid is what I, is what I call him. Because he's, he's like, he's like a kid, but he's old. Uh, yeah. So, and he's blue. And this creature seems to have some sort of psychic powers. Uh, that, that seems pretty obvious to us. And um, at some point, Tetsuo runs into, this is after the whole melee and everything. Um, Tetsuo actually runs into the, this little blue kid or like with his bike. And there's this huge explosion. And Tetsuo's all messed up. And then these government guys show up. And there's this guy who we later is just referred to as the Colonel. Uh, he might have a real name. I have no idea. Uh, I, f- I found it really hard, other than Kaneda and Tetsuo, because they were referred to so many times during this. I-, I found a real hard time keeping track of anybody else's name <laughs> in the in the whole in the whole film. I don't know about you guys, uh, but basically, we figure out this little blue psychic kid was uh, a project of the government of some kind. They come, they collect him back. There's this other chubby f- kid and a chubby psychic kid in a blue ch- in a little chair that comes to talk him back. Uh, so he seems to be part of the whole thing too. And then they also collect Tetsuo because he seems to have been affected by running into the other chubby little blue kid. So they take him back, and that's what happens there. Meanwhile, the uh, all the did biker they ever kids- mention like why was the one kid in the chair and why was the girl in like the thing? Like, what's wrong with them? Is it they're just not supposed to be here? Well, they're, they're all just-, just they're all just projects of this. Well, well, we'll get to what they are, I guess. It, I, I can say that one thing, why one hangs out in her bed too much and why one's in like the floating Professor X chair because yeah. her, <laughs> um, they've got like, they, they've got some degenerative, you know, so, something going on. Like they, because of their, so they're so overwhelmed by their powers, they've lost basic skills, like being able to walk around without being like narcoleptic or at least being able to move like the small little Professor X kid who can't walk, obviously. So the government didn't do it to them? I'm pretty sure the government did that and then said they were saving them by making them more powerful. <laughs> and then it's like, well, you can blow people's minds up, but you can't walk. It's a trade-off. Exactly. Yeah, I think everything, the, I mean, the government eventually did everything to them, right? Because they're, they're all the products of this experimentation. Isn't that right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, blah, blah, blah. The kids all get arrested and go to the police station and they tell the cops they were just like out visiting grandma or something. And uh, there's a guy in the, this police station, by the way. The, 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 <laughs> oh, I love this scene. <laughs> the police brutality <laughs> that goes on in New Tokyo is just unbelievable it, may, it makes what's going on today to look very tame there's just people in different they don't even take them into a room to beat the shit out of people here they're just they have them in the little cubicles and there's beating <laughs> beat, just, just in multiple cubicles at once these cops are just beating the shit out of people uh this one guy shows up with a grenade who's i guess one of the there's some kind of resistance movement of some sorts which is related to all the riots the student pr- protests and they beat the shit out of <laughs> beat the shit out of that guy there's just police brutality galore in, in this place i i gotta say the one scene right before the 
the grenade goes off that I love is when they call the one cop old man and he's like, Oh man, <laughs> I'm only twenty-five. And it's like, oh my gosh. It's <laughs> I know it's a cartoon, but he seemed older than me. <laughs> That's what makes it so funny. It, it's like there's this there's this meme that goes around like some army Facebook pages and stuff where it's like, I'm only getting out in four years, and it shows like this older black man who's like a E4 specialist, and it's like uh Specialist Colburn, age 23. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Dude, I was a specialist when I was 24. Yeah, but did you look like a 24-year-old or did you look older? I don't know. I I met this dude. (laughs) That's a long time ago, man. Okay, I met met an E4. Anyway, pull some old pictures. (laughs) I met an E4 one time, I think like three years ago, who looks like he was in his 30s. He just, he had some like spotted gray. No, I didn't look like that. No, no. And he had like bags under his eyes. He had three kids (laughs) to Iraq three times. And I'm like, how old are you? He pulls that cigarette. I'm 24. And I'm like, I joined right after college, and since I had a degree, I came in as a specialist. So gotcha. Yeah, but no, that I think that that scene when he's like, "I'm only 27," it's that was funny. That was funny. So the job the ages you. At the beginning of the movie, I thought it was really boring, but it definitely picked up near the end. I started to get interested, and it it, it got better. How much murder has to happen for yeah, you? Boring. The first ten minutes was is a all that bike well, races, children clowns. kill people. So children killing clowns. I mean, for, for me, if I don't care about the people, it's like, yeah, whatever. Like, you <laughs> it know, all I comes mean, back to I, how he hated the characters because he can't. I, I, like I wanted them like they need to mo- emotionally invest me in the people getting killed, or I don't give a shit. Well, to me, it's just like, oh, some apocalyptic. Well, Japanese why do you give a world. shit about the people in Yemen being killed? Because you don't, you don't know anything about them, but you care about that. So why is it different in the movie? <laughs> How oh, he has no way to answer that. I've trapped him. Uh, yeah, 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 you're right. If they're anything like the people in New Tokyo, maybe I, I'm not this <laughs> Damn it. I was trying to get Howie to <laughs> respect the people of New Tokyo, but instead I just got him to stop caring about the tragedy in Yemen. So had the reverse effect. Oh, well, what are you going to do? Uh, during this whole thing, uh, Kaneda helps this uh, chick uh, get out of the police station. And boy, he is putting the Mac on hard with this one. Um, but she, she disappears behind a bus in classic you know, movie style. Um, we also see Tetsuo back stop, in the lab. Stop, stop, stop. All right, stop. <laughs> and when she blows him off, he's like, you bitch. What a bitch. Like, I'm like, holy shit. What a, this guy is such a jerk. See, this I, is why you're here for the important detail. I couldn't believe it. The way How he, he hates Kaneda. Spoke about that wo- woman. I mean, <laughs> I could understand, you know, trying to get with a hot girl, but then. I mean, she, she should have been more grateful. She could have just said bye. So, I mean, this is before, this wasn't, I, that was my reaction that happened. But then later when I found out she was playing him the whole time and it was part of that like, movement or whatever, like <laughs> whatever, she's a shady two-faced person. I don't know. All of them. I don't want it. I don't want anything to do with these people, but go ahead. Continue. Yeah. I was confused about who everybody was at first. Like the, re- like I thought that, that the person that that chick was working with was like a cop. I thought they were like cops, but they're actually part of this resistance thing. I don't know. It's all, it's all very confusing when you haven't seen it in 20 years and it's hard to kind of, you know, they don't spell things out for you right away. You kind of have to learn things as you go. 
it could be the times today, but when they're the resistance, I just think uh, probably a bunch of commies. <laughs> You're probably right, actually. <laughs> hey there, kitty cats. I need to take a quick time out here to tell you about another awesome libertarian podcast. This is our good friends, Nate and Charlie, over at Good Morning Liberty. These son of a guns, they do this thing five days a week, and they absolutely kill it. Uh, these guys are both musicians, and they both actually own a business working in the healthcare IT industry. So they've seen a lot of what goes on in a highly intervened in market like healthcare. So they have a lot of great insights and they really do a bang up job talking about current events and really speaking to a lot of the news that's in the headlines and filtering it all through the ideas of liberty and kind of uh, shutting down socialist solutions that come up. So you can find more by subscribing on all your favorite podcasts app. Wherever you listen to this one, you can probably find, not probably, you can definitely find Good Morning Liberty or you can check out their website, BernieLies.com. What a great name. Head over to BernieLies.com or search for Good Morning Liberty. You are not going to regret subscribing to this awesome show. Anyway, this evil guy back at the lab, he's running tests on Tetsuo. Uh, he's telling the, the colonel that he's seeing a really weird pattern come from him. And they're having this whole conversation. And, and then they refer to whether they can control the power of God, which they name as Akira. So that's I think that's the first time the movie we actually hear the word Akira. We don't... Uh, you know, we don't really know what what he or it is beyond that at this point. Um, what did the guy say? Uh, maybe, sure. Yeah, he was like, uh, <laughs> perhaps. Uh, Let's find and, out. And the the military officer charged like, all right, just make it happen. Like, all right, dude, if you're is that classic military stuff? Like, should we be doing this? I don't know. Just do it. If your scientist is like that unsure, you just need to step in and like do something. That's poor leadership. That was. I couldn't believe he just let that go on. Well, when you're dealing with children that have the power to blow people up, you'd think you'd have a little bit more caution. Well, well when he's like, do you think you can stop it from destroying our whole civilization again? Like the last time and like, eh, well, yeah. maybe put a stop on that net. Just not be like, make sure you do and walk away. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe just get a one. Yes. Or something like that. One definitive yes. Um, we then go back and see the kids at school, and much like the police station, the schoolmaster is also abusive as fuck. These kids are getting the shit beat out of them at school. Like this, I, just- I, w- I wish more <laughs> schools would beat their students. I really, you know, as a libertarian, is- I used to disagree with that, but I'm starting to think. Children of it. aren't people. <laughs> I, I, I don't know because I've never been there. Is Japan just like this? Do you like the schoolmasters? <laughs> they're the more. Cops just beat they're, the shit people. They're. <laughs> On I a think, scale from like the teachers I have no like control, be very Catholic nuns, it's somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I, I, th- I think definitely in the eighties they were more amenable to corporal punishment than we are definitely now in yeah, school. It's and not even portrayed. Was in, in the Korea, 80s. It's, it's not even portrayed as a bad thing here. Like it's not, it's not like oh look at the horror. It's just like ah oh, here's school. <laughs> well, it's like you know if I knew these kids were part of a biker gang murdering clown people in the morning. Well, yeah. I, I I'd probably beat them too. Yeah, is this all like did that, no, that, that was happen at like two a.m. them at night? Yeah, but then they would go right to the police station and wait right to school. Man, what a day! It's all in rapid succession. It, it, life sucks the for these people. Getting beaten by your principal is the least of their worries. It's probably a nice reprieve actually from from what's going on in life. Like, oh, I could have been beaten by the cop instead. I'll just yeah. get beat by the teacher. I don't know. I'm probably a. Uh, Poor libertarian on this, but a little bit of corporate punishment's never really bothered me that much. No. <laughs> That's your one deviation? I thought it was going to be asteroids. No, no. It's 
I guess whatever. I'm not a libertarian. Right <laughs> Everyone now. gets one two, <laughs> not two. Howie, all right. Howie's, just take just take away the the term. I don't give it. Howie's care. no longer libertarian. Declared. I mean, like it's not the worst thing in this world it, it, that the film has showed us so far. By far, it's probably the most. Well, like, they could have like, kids killing each other. It's probably worse. Yeah, yeah. Like, the stuff that they've done, like in the first ten minutes, is worse than like thirty seconds of them getting punched by the assistant principal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, if you if you they saw a suicide bombing literally right before. Maybe that. this whole movie was to normalize police, uh, normalize like police brutality and schoolmaster brutality in Japan by making the kids look like pieces of shit. Was Soros oh, wow. funding this? <laughs> Soros. Where's the money behind Akira? <laughs> uh, JB, were you about to say something, or did I imagine that? No, I wasn't. Okay, great. Perfect. It's like, who are these people? What, one last thing nope. on corporal punishment. If you're sure. causing injury, it's wrong. If it's just like a little bit of pain, come on, that's fine. The kids need that. Agree. <laughs> like, I act up, my mom gave me a slap in the face. I deserve it. You know, it's not this like... This is a different thing we're talking about here. We're, we're talking about corporal punishment in school, having like principals, yeah, administrative staff and, your and teachers beating thing. the fuck out of you because they didn't like what you did. Well, so, well, I don't think, well, well, I don't think well, you would be thing, okay where, with that. Where are the parents? The parents aren't there. <laughs> the parents aren't there. <laughs> so I'm lucky. In my high school, uh, our detention was called Jug Justice Under God. But, you know, like parents that went to that school, I knew from them when they were younger, like they'd have to do things during Jug, like kneel in rock salt. Or like one guy went to the principal's office and like mouthed off. He just like knocked him out. okay like the knocking him out part i could see that the kneeling and rock salt thing that's excessive so maybe the japanese in this case are onto something just smack them a few times in front of their friends and you're good (laughs) still a fan of catholic schools by the way anyways mark continue on this i would love to see how he has a catholic schoolmaster someday just something i'm Knocking kids out left and right. <laughs> just, just a sitcom. Just <laughs> a little sitcom script. A if little I could go back in time. Floyd Mayweather si- of <laughs> secondary education, Howard Snowden. So, so I heard that story from my ex-girlfriend. You guys know Jamie. Her dad went to school there, and he was going to detention. He was, like, in line where they're going to find out what was wrong. And the dude in front of him, like, mouthed off to, I think it was Brother Lemon, same guy at the school when I was there. And he was just like, what did you say? It's like, Boom. <laughs> And her dad just like stepped over him <laughs> to like, like <laughs> see what like is. <laughs> all right, all right. Back to Akira. Okay. Kids are back, back to the film. Uh, at the hospital, a nurse. That, I find this interesting. He was like this. They're wondering if they can even like harness his power. They're getting all these weird readings from him, but they just put him in like a regular hospital room after that. Anyway, this, at the hospital, this chick goes to check on uh, Tetsuo, and he is gone. So, um, and then he shows up at this, uh, there was a girl back at school who was asking about Tetsuo and they're like, I don't know. He, he, he took off whatever his, his friends didn't seem to give a shit about him, by the way, at all. They were like, I don't know where he is. Whatever. He got blown up by some kid and taken away. Nah, whatever. Who cares? Uh, a typical anyway. Tuesday night. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So Tetsuo does come up to this chick or, uh, or kind of seeks her out. And, uh, then we, what happens then? Where was I? Um, uh, yeah, he just shows up. He's got this bandage on his head. And then uh, back at school, Kaneda's bike is stolen by. None other than Tetsuo. Uh, so, so, is it really Kaneda's bike since he stole it? Well, it's the. Did it's, he steal it? Yeah. It's the bike that has been acquired by Kaneda most recently through the rules of the road. The first, <laughs> wait, like in the beginning when Tetsuo is like on it, and he's like, oh, steal, yeah. your, steal your own. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah, a motorcycle right. when you beat the owner in the face. I think that is the rules of, uh, of New Tokyo. 
It, it hey, hey that, that bar in the very beginning though seemed like a cool place to hang out. It did. I think we should go there. <laughs> I'll give if it. If you're that, doing crystal that. meth, like, jeez. <laughs> now we know the kind of bar. If, if, if I <laughs> lived in, if I lived kind in of New establishments, Tokyo, how he likes it. If I lived in New Tokyo, I'd be doing crystal meth. <laughs> <laughs> You probably would if you live in regular Tokyo, Howie. That's how you get the su- that's how you get the superpowers. The, the ones to blow up people's minds at that point. I certainly wouldn't do it in Singapore, though. You don't know what's in that stuff. No, I mean, you go to jail for life. Yeah, no, you don't want to even put spit gum on the ground. You're screwed there. Uh, yeah, imagine if you stole it. That is not all Michael Fay did, by the way. <laughs> Remember that? Who who on this show remembers that? His even public, though was, uh, well, his cane the guy that got the guy, yeah, the guy. Yeah, that I remember that in Singapore. That wasn't. Yeah, Japan. yeah, yeah. He was vandalizing was cars and stuff and spray painting things. He deserved some lashes. Come so on. what he got was mercy, basically. Kinda right, because he didn't have to go to jail or anything. They made such a good trade off. He got well, some if lashes. They ask me if 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 you want to get caned or spend time in a Singapore cane prison yeah, as cane an American, cane me, baby. Like, I'm gonna take the cane. I bet, every time. I bet you Singapore prison is pretty nice, though, actually. I don't know. As a foreigner? <laughs> I don't want to spend, like, one yeah. day in a foreign prison or a prison. <laughs> every, like, I don't People care. People from Singapore. I fear Howie amidst the Mad Max utopia. <laughs> I definitely this is when fear. the warlord comes out. <laughs> what do you do? He stole some bread. Give him some lashes. <laughs> <laughs> Punch him in the face. It's just a little corporal punishment. <laughs> Uh, anyway, they're chasing Tetsuo. Tetsuo's bike dies or has a p- problem, and uh, there's a s- during this scene, he uh, something where he he starts to figure out the problem with the bike with his mind, and he even thinks it to himself. He's like, "Wait, I'm, I'm figuring out how to fix the bike with my mind." And he like so he like he's ha- he, clearly there's something going on with him uh, that uh, a lasting effect of uh, whatever occurred to him when he ran into little uh, little old blue kid, little old and man. They uh, then then suddenly the clowns show back up. I guess they've just been. Riding around, waiting to waiting to find these kids again, and uh, they attack. Uh, they attack Tetsuo. They they attack this chick who uh, they like. They basically just try to start raping her. <laughs> they don't get that far, but they like rip her shirt off. We see boobs. We see anime teenage boobs. So I, nice. I, I I was watching that, and my parents are on the couch right next to me because they're they're there. We have the one TV, and I see that scene, and I'm like, this isn't the film I really want to be watching right now. <laughs> situation. <laughs> I it came in at a weird that. time. This is not the whole the whole thing at all. Uh, it's actually the only rape frame, rape scene in the whole film. So there it is. Just um, one. Just one. Uh, anyway, then uh, the rest of the gang shows up, Kaneda and company, and it's on. There's a whole fight. Tetsuo just beats the shit out of this one guy. He is just furious. He's going on a rant about people ignoring him, how he's not going to be ignored, and blah, blah, blah. Clearly, this kid has, has issues. Uh, and he's taking it out on this uh, this dude here. And uh, during the midst of this, he starts having these weird psychic visions, and uh, he hears the name, the word Akira. He is, uh, I, I wrote down, he is tripping psychic balls right now. Pretty accurate. Uh, then the army sews back up again. The colonel is there, and uh, they collect Tetsuo again. They take, they take him back. Uh, let's see. Uh, what happens next? There is, all right, we're in the plaza. That's uh, the next night now. And uh, there's the, their army or the riot police are just shooting shit up. I mean, there's protesters, and if you think the... Uh, if the police brutality we've seen lately has been bad, I mean, there's just nothing compared to what's going on. They, they have no chill. No, they're just, <laughs> they're just mowing people down. They have no fucks to give these, these riot cops are, it's not clear what they are to me. Well, the riot are, police the are, army. Those are terrorists, Mark. 
they're terrorists. Yeah. So you gotta kill them. Uh, Kaneda is there and he sees that chick, uh, the, the same chick that, you know, disappeared behind the bus. Uh, she's running from the cops and shooting at them. So he's like, hey, this chick seems cool. Uh, he's shooting, he's shooting a cop. So I'm going to chase after her. Uh, let's see. Back to the evil colonel and the scientist. They are talking to the old blue psychic creepy baby girl now uh, who spends most of her day in uh, children's bed. And uh, it's like she, a glass coffin. Yeah, she's basically had, yeah, she's in this like weird bubble. Bubble. This is like some bed. psycho level stuff where Norman Bates <laughs> has his mom in the chair and he keeps dressing yeah. her like, don't disturb mother. Except this creepy. one talks and it's a child. Yep. Uh, she has a prediction that the city will crumble and that we will get to see Akira again. So that's the first time we're making a connection necessarily that, you know, Akira, whatever this power or person or what have you is, is something we've seen again. And I don't know. I don't know if they've explicitly stated that that was the bomb at this point, but uh, I don't think there's any revelation. I think it just becomes more apparent throughout that, that, that what that, that energy, whatever that was that exploded new Tokyo or old Tokyo in 1988, that was in fact Akira. You'd think they'd be relieved though. Cause it doesn't look like their world is doing much better. It's almost like, ah, that's not the worst thing. Well, how bad was it before? Oh, you mean if they, if they just blew the whole thing up again and started, started from scratch? <laughs> yeah. Or, or Every 30 like, years or so, we'll just uh, call on the Sakura power and just, you know. They could be like, hey, just wait, waiting for something more exciting to happen. <laughs> uh, anyway, she, she also warns about letting the boy, letting Tetsuo go, and then she goes to bed, uh, which I think is, again, where she spends most of her time. Kaneda, then uh, she, he meets up with uh, this chick and her, I, a guy I originally thought was a cop, but he's like part of this resistance movement. Um, you know, they're, they're planning to go in and gather intelligence on Tetsuo, but uh, they don't realize that Kaneda is just like behind this vent listening to them. I don't know why they don't realize it because they left him there, uh, but they're really pissed. <laughs> they're really pissed when they find him listening and uh, they threaten to kill him. Basically, they, it seems like they're about to kill Kaneda and uh, he basically begs for his life and says, no, 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 I can help you gather intelligence. I'm his friend. And basically convinced them, convinces them to, instead of killing him, to join their team, which was a very, very uh, fast-paced chain of events. Here's uh, my one problem with them, and they never really talk about this in the film. It's like, yeah, they're the resistance, but like, if I've, if I've learned something from watching Humanity the last couple of years, it's like, maybe these guys aren't any better than the people they're trying to overthrow. Kind of like Hunger Games, where they just replace the no. president and those people with just like the, the crazy blonde chick who wants to basically start up the Hunger Games again. It's like, you know, from what I see, if these people just stop beating children and killing clowns in the streets... Maybe they have it coming. The, the resistance are coming, Fox. It's just going to be a change in management. <laughs> They're going to be Lord, the ones with tanks. Lord Howie is laying down the iron fist again. They're a bunch of tankies. Is what the resistance are coming, Fox. Destroy them all. Have no mercy. Uh, we also, um, we do hear a guy in the plaza who is, uh, I guess, maybe part of this cult of Akira that we'll hear about. Uh, he's talking about the return of Lord Akira. So this is, now this Akira, whatever, is... Something uh, that now, other these guys, I was interested in hearing what they had to say. I'm sure they you were. <laughs> much like, much like this, <laughs> the, uh, the seven, was it the 12 tribes, Howie? Yeah, the 12 tribes. Like, you know what? I like, I like the gist. I like these guys' gist. I want to hear what they... I, I wanted to subscribe to their newsletter, so... Yeah, just want to subscribe. You're, you're, not, <laughs> you're not joining. You're just subscribing. It's not the same. Maybe they have an Instagram. I'll no, seriously. Instagram. If we want to compare the resistance in the t- new Tokyo government to Akira, Akira seems like the way to go. I don't know. I mean, like yeah, if things are already place. that bad. <laughs> yeah, sure, maybe he destroyed the place once, but he seems like a cool guy. Yeah. Sure we, then, uh, we then see this like government council, which also includes the colonel and uh, this other old old ass dude who seems like he's like 
sort of the, I don't know if he's the president of Japan, dictator of Japan, something like that. And they're discussing the Akira World Renewal Movement. So I guess there is a name of this cult or movement or whatever you want to call it that is worshiping and uh, preparing for and looking for the return of Akira. Uh, let's see. Cops and the chick and the uh, and uh, Kaneda, the, not the cops. I, I wrote cops in my initial notes until I realized they weren't cops. Uh, but these these two resistance guys and that chick and, and Akira, why am I calling Akira? And uh, Kaneda go undercover as like uh, maintenance workers at the hospital. So it's a classic, you know, classic heist plan right there. Just dress up as the workers and no one notices you. Um, meanwhile, Tetsuo is, is in his room and his stuffed animals come alive. He is once again tripping his psychic balls off. Um, he sees a giant, there's a giant teddy bear with a snake arm. There's this bunny. Um, he, get, he, he gets, uh, let's see, let's see. The, the animals are all scared because uh, uh, Tetsuo gets glass in his foot and the animals are all start freaking out. Uh, eventually we figure out that it's, um, it's the girl and the original boy who are, she's number 25 and he's number 26. The, the original is what they're, they're called. And then that uh, weird, uh, as Ramza calls him, the Professor X uh, psychic baby guy. So I'm not sure what number was, was he. Did we ever get that? It doesn't matter. It's not like a cool thing. Like in V for Vendetta, when he was in the hospital, he was patient number five. That's why there's the V outside his door. Like these, I don't know. Sorry. The Japanese <laughs> oh. are awfully fickle with their <laughs> numeric system. Howie's very angry that there wasn't a deeper meaning behind the numbers. Well, well, that well did I mean, well, why, me. why bring him up if, if they don't mean anything? I was like, why are you number 25? A... Tell me. Because I was between 24 and 26. <laughs> just to, it's just to show the progression of these, you know, experiments. The experiments, they... yeah. Why are you yelling at me? Did it what bother the... anyone else that Canada's name is pretty much Canada? No, it, didn't. it never no. bothered me, Howie. Do you know how? Why would that bother me? Do you know how stupid I felt in 2007 when I found out that Flo Rida was just Florida? <laughs> yeah. How long did when, that take you? It took me a while because when I figured that out, I'm like, wait a second, Flo Rida. Oh, you're just naming yourself where you live and party. Okay. Y- you know, you so know the artist now. Keisha, a-, a friend of mine. Mean key dollar sign Cha. Yeah, a friend of mine's wife thought it, heard it. She was like Key Dollar Billa or something <laughs> like. That. Well, can't really can you really blame him at this point? Who knows what people are called? At least she's not named like Elon Musk's kid, like uh, some symbol twenty three or yeah. M forty six or whatever. I feel like that's just some troll. I don't understand. That's like child abuse. That's almost worse than if they were actually physically beaten. Uh, pretty kid. sure his kid will be all right. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> that kid's going to space. He, might, he has he no might, problems. He might That's be the trade-off. He might, might be homeschooled. <laughs> Probably. He's going to space. That, that, that's the trade-off. You want to go space first? You get a stupid name. Dude, somebody was talking about like wanting to leave the planet recently. I pulled up a tweet of mine from, I don't know, it was like 2013 maybe, where I was like, I can't believe they're casting Ben Affleck as Batman. Like, sign me up for Mars One. I've had it with this planet. <laughs> I'm like, like maybe I was a little overboard seven years ago. <laughs> Jokes on them. Batflick was the best. Affleck was a good Batman. I can't okay. deny for the role he was in. There was not a good story around him necessarily. He, he was he better than I thought he would be. I'll, I'll give him that. He I mean, people people flipped out about Michael Keaton being cast as Batman when it first happened. Oh, he was great. I also I know think that's my point. I also Christian, think that's weirder, though. I Christian, think that's weirder. Than it feels Affleck, weirder. It, feel, it feels weirder until you see it. it. Yeah. Christian Bale is excellent, except for the dumb voice he did. Like the voice drove me nuts. Yeah. But besides that, he was an excellent Batman. 
And how can you really talk like this all the time? It must hurt oh, your throat God. so much. That, someone should have <laughs> stopped him. I mean, it's cool to have a different voice, but it was just a little too ridiculous. Yes. It's like, okay, man, we all know that you're Bruce Wayne. At least talk to us so we understand you. And I watched Batman Forever recently just to, uh, you know, just to reflect. We had a bad movie day, as we call them, and uh, where we intentionally watch bad movies from, from a, a, a bad past. movie day. Well, this actually worked that, that day. It worked uh, both ways. But uh, at some point, like everybody in the movie just knows who knows Bruce Wayne is Batman. And they hardly explain it. Like they just show up at his house. Like it's it's so gloss over, and like pretty much every character knows that he's Batman. But then every then he's back to just being Batman. No one. This, this is why I was so okay with Batflick killing people in Superman versus Batman: Dawn of Justice. Like everyone else in the theater is like, did he just run over that man with his bat tank? And I'm like, if if you've gone through all the stuff that Batflick is going through, I think he'd probably start going postal. Remzo, you watch the animated DC movies, right? Yep. What was the one? I can't think of what it's called, but it's like an alternate Side reality track. where Bruce Wayne got killed in the alley and his dad became Flashpoint. Batman. Flashpoint. Yeah, and he's like an alcoholic that uses guns and like uh, Wonder Woman beheads Mira because she's cheating on with like Aquaman and it's one of the best yeah. parts was when Flash was going to tell his mom. She, she was the Flash. She's like, Mom, I have something to tell you. She's like, I know. You're I'm gay. Not. You're gay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to say, like, when that, so that was Justice League Flashpoint. That came out right So when good. I, so yeah, good. That came out in 2013. I saw that recently because I want to see all the key films leading up to the recent uh, one, Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. And then going from that to Akira, I'm like, oh, God. Those DCMA films fucking suck. <laughs> I, I kind of prefer Flashpoint to Akira, but let's continue on this Akira conversation. Sorry. Yeah, so the freaky kids. Bullying oh. the new kid. You can hear about Flashpoint in the future by following the Second Print Comics podcast. Second Print Pod. At Second Print Pod on Instagram and Twitter. That's all I'll say about it for now. Uh, moving I along. <laughs> Canada and the dudes are uh, yeah they're in a sewer chase now I think at this point right yeah uh, they're in they're in the sewer they're they're looking for Tetsuo Tetsuo has once again gotten out of his room <laughs> I don't know why even the second time they didn't put more security around Tetsuo's room if if you have a kid who has like the power of God you'd think you'd put one dude with a gun like, in just there. one person even just Ta- to Ta- sound Ta- the alarm yeah Tetsuo <laughs> gets out again. <laughs> and uh, he's kind of losing this shit now. Uh, he's 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 finds the creepy psychic playpen <laughs> where uh, the the kids are, are living, and uh, he starts kind of battling it out with uh, number twenty five, number twenty six, and Professor X. And uh, he's just basically losing his mind, and he's really pissed off, and he's not dealing with these powers very well. He's really unhappy about where he is, and he is uh, you know you you can see the the uh, the old Tetsuo kind of fading away and being overtaken uh, by the power at this point. What do you guys think of this this whole scene where he's in there just? I think up. those kids are racist. And he's got yeah, no she claw. says big people, the number 25 says big people like you should never use the power in the way you are and nothing good will come of it. Oh, so now a big person can't use it but the little blue kids can? It's because I'm not blue. It's because well, I'm not no, blue it's and not old. because of that. That's why no, when, when Howie first opened it and he said, oh, he got all these powers and became a dick, I was just about to say, <laughs> That he didn't become a dick. Tetsuo was always a dick. He was a powerless. Yeah, dick. like Tetsuo That's what was, was always a dick. He just now a dick with power. Like you know? two days so, prior, he was literally killing people riding motorcycles. Yeah, that's the thing. Without like, a, without a second thought. This is a guy who has a chip on his shoulder who 
dislikes no pretty much his whole children. social circle, we find out. And all of a sudden, he has the power to do basically whatever he wants, and he's not going to act like a dick? Okay, let's, a, let's address the 500-pound elephant. He was, he was the dick among his group of dicks. <laughs> so, yeah, why, exactly. Why is his head so Jimmy Neutron-like? Well, it, it predates Jimmy Neutron. Sticker. Why is Jimmy Neutron's head so Tetsuo-like? Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. That kid had problems. <laughs> <laughs> um, dur- during this exchange, uh, Tetsuo asks, where's this Akira that he's heard reference? So he's, he's looking for Akira. He doesn't even know what Akira is or who Akira is, but he, he wants to know what's up with Akira because he knows it's somehow related to everything going on with his powers. Uh, and then at this point, the Kaneda and um, the, uh, the other re- resistance guys catch up. And uh, there's this whole, they're all just in there in the playpen now. And uh, Tetsuo is just losing his shit. He is crazy powerful and completely losing his mind. He doesn't care he, that he hurts Kaneda, who's there to, to, he's trying to talk some reason into him. And he, he kind of lashed out against Kaneda. He busts out, and now he is flying over New Tokyo, just losing his shit. What do you guys think about it? Oh, well, I mean, let, let, let's, not glo- let's not gloss over the fact that as Tetsuo is leaving the hallway after, you know, fighting the kids, he blows people up with his mind. Oh, yeah, very, very ca- casually. Yeah, that's some scanner darkly yeah, he does level kill shit. A whole bunch of people. And we can't, we can't forget about the confrontation on the roof between the, the colonel and the, the, Jap- Japan Council, yeah. whoever that's by, by all oh. means, fill in, oh, fill in my gaps. That was actually kind of, kind of awesome. Because that happens like, like right when he escapes, right? Because that's when the colonel basically proceeds that, to do a military coup and take over. Yeah. You yeah. Know? That, that, <laughs> that was kind of awesome. Next, that yeah. might have been when I started to like actually get excited about it. He was about to start tossing people out of helicopters. They're, they're like, oh, you're under arrest, colonel. He's like, uh, yeah, kill them. Yeah. Are you about to bring that up? <laughs> He does have a good sort of interesting, maybe this is sort of a libertarian talking point in a way, but he tells all the soldiers, uh, the colonel tells the soldiers, because first there's all these soldiers and the big government guy or the head guy or whatever. And, uh, you know, he's, you know, the colonel says he's going to strip uh, or no, the colonel kills him and has, the, has his, his guys kill him. And then the other soldiers are just standing there like, huh, what should we do? And the colonel just tells them, look, you're all puppets of corrupt politicians and capitalists. And he orders the arrest of, of all members of the uh, executive council. And, and the, the soldiers basically just listen to him. They're like, ah, yeah, he's right. We're all puppets of these assholes anyway. So whatever. We'll go along. They, they didn't realize that the colonel was backed by the CIA and this was a color revolution. <laughs> well, let's just say that's not the case and try to weasel in some libertarianism here. Yeah, when is, 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 is that military coup ever good? Sure. Probably I mean, not. When the civilian government is truly fucking up, did he do the right thing by superseding the civilian government there? I, I mean, it's no worse than what the Jedi were about fucking to up. do in Star Wars. It's not like he was about to take control of the situation, though. I mean, he's, I mean, he's not doing that much better to... to, uh, to he's, he's, kinda, he's been overseeing these, these, Would a military these projects and everything. Would be good but, in our, but in at, our but society? At least Maybe. From Akira's perspective, no. I think they tried to frame it that way. If you, if you go back to the meeting... And his discussions with the scientists, he was trying to plead caution and maybe almost like he's the not, good guy. Yeah, oh, no, they were painting him out to be the good guy and the the guy who was really in the right, and that the council is trying to push forward to just generate this other super weapon that they can now control in the in the case of Tetsuo. And the colonel's really, if you go between those two scenes, thinking that maybe this is not a, a good idea. We should probably pump the brakes on this a bit, make sure this doesn't blow up in our faces. Our little blue girl told us the city will burn. I think we should probably listen. So the movie sh- builds up this 
I guess, case for the colonel to be in the right when he takes over. It, he, I mean, when he yeah. generates a coup, that's a military. If, if coup you if you look at the body, the word. if you look at the body count at this point, the children have by far murdered more people in cold blood than the colonel has. <laughs> <laughs> at least when he does it, that's true. he does it with some degree of reason. Like he thought this out, and he's okay with his actions. With the kids, it's like, give me your bike. <laughs> the more we go into this, the more I'm starting to realize that maybe the the teenage bikers are the bad guys in this, and the colonel is. <laughs> so what do you guys uh, think was he in the right i see i i think I there's all shades of bad he didn't this. seem very concerned with it when he was asking the scientist if he could keep things under control he's like whatever just do it i don't know but that was I, at I the very beginning and when it seemed to uh, he had, be he had not change, the case he had he tried to, yeah he tried to put a clamp on it i think now he realized people, people are not blowing yeah. up yet at this point, people yeah. are not as blowing up. As soon as people up. started blowing up, he's like, all right, let's shut it down. But the council okay. was like, no, full steam ahead. All right. Uh, admission. So as I was watching this movie, I was drinking more and more, and I don't really remember this part. And this is around when Howie blacks out. <laughs> <laughs> For those I, drinking I at home, it. you should I, be blacking I, out around now. I just don't remember the details <laughs> much. All right. Well, if that's the case, yeah, sure. Let's get behind the colonel. <laughs> At least it's not one of those commies. It's just a question I wanted to pose. I, did, I don't, you know. I'm becoming more pro colonel the more we go into it. Because during, the, during the final scenes, which we'll get to at the end, uh, he didn't seem as much of the bad guy as he kind of is portrayed in the beginning. He seems more of a part of the system. At this point, you have to you have to choose. Do you prefer the fascist military coup, the communists, or the bikers? <laughs> or these fucking asshole biker kids. I think, I think overall, one of which is, has the power of God. You know what I think? I think overall the colonel is not supposed to be the bad guy, quote unquote, but just a cog in the machine. A cog in like, the bad system. Yeah, in the bad system. He's not necessarily the bad guy, but through his actions and just, I guess, um, just, just negligence just goes through the motions and perpetuates the bad things, but it's not really, he's not the one cackling in the chair, so to speak. He's just a, a part of the puzzle. And when he tries to break away from the puzzle, this is what happens. I think that's his, what his role is. That is the kind of hard hitting scientific analysis that we bring you on here for JB. Well done. Uh, Tetsuo then goes to the bar, the original bar. I think, I think it was the same bar from the beginning that Howie wants to hang yeah, out yeah, at. It is, it and uh, he orders some capsules by orders, I mean, demands them from this guy. Wait, at the very beginning, when he first walked in the bar, was that one chick giving a dude a blowjob at the table? Probably. I don't yeah, remember the I scene. But so. I don't remember. If, but if, yeah, I, if I know anime like, like I think I do. Yes. <laughs> it's going on. <laughs> one thing about anime, is, so I haven't really watched much, but uh, my But wife, I can tell you my 14 most uh, no, horrific no, but My wife scene. was watching some anime. It was called like The Ancient Magus Bride or something. I half paid attention. It was really just playing World of Warcraft, but it seemed better than this. I don't know. Has anybody seen that or other anime? Like, how does this? I've seen more than I can remember. And is this like one of the best ones of what you can remember? Well, maybe I was going to probably save that for the end, trying to remember. Because the first time I saw this, I was like 13 and I haven't seen it like since that age. It was, that's why I was kind of excited because it's one of those movies you watch you never really watch again, at least yeah, for me. I, I feel like I have a different take because my first viewing was at age 40. Yeah. Not, not, so. many, <laughs> not many anime make me root for the military coup. <laughs> <laughs> so is that a good or a bad thing? Is it see, a convincing see, story? The, the ancient, <laughs> I don't know. In the ancient Magus Bride, I kind of like this uh, skull-wearing wizard. I don't know. 
It was more up my alley than this. It's like Gundam. It's like, it's like, you know, Gundam with the giant robot wars. It's like, they're, they're all pretty terrible. (laughs) There are really no good guys in Japanese, like post-apocalyptic fiction. It's just about people who just want to say there's no good guys in Japan. No, I said no, they're not in Japan. Don't twist he my words. Don't twist said my words. Fiction. This is how, <laughs> how Remzo gets canceled. I, 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 tell you, I tell you what, though, when I when I was at uh, Pearl Pearl Harbor on like the tour and stuff, and they shoot a little. I don't bit, like where this is going. I, I was I was so angry at Japan. What? Go on. Finish in Hawaii at Pearl Harbor. So then we can fast forward to when I lived in Korea. The Koreans do not like the Japanese. No, the Koreans. No, of course do not. Like the so you got along so, with them so, great. So I, I tried one. to like, you know, I tried to fit in and be like, oh yeah, bomb Pearl Harbor. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, it's a classic Howie story. <laughs> well, I Who is Howie? This is this is just for the pride, right? No, this is a, a fully public, fully bonus show. Oh, so okay, if there's okay. anything you want me to edit out, uh, don't tell me because I'm not going to. Yeah, never mind. Uh, I'm not going to bring up some Korean mafia stuff then. Oh, well, in that case, yes, it's just no, for no, the no, pride. Go, go on. on. Continue, Akira. Maybe we'll do a Korean mafia segment for the pride Akira. afterwards if, if there's time. Uh, Howie anyway. causes international controversies. All right, let's get through the rest of this movie and then we'll, maybe we'll talk about the, uh, the mafia in Korea no. and whatever I shady shit Howie did for them. I, I don't think we will. Well... I, I think we will, because I think you'll have another drink, and we will. We will. What is um, happening? <laughs> so, much like Howie, Tetsuo goes to order some capsules, <laughs> and and uh, when his friends show up later, they, they show up at the bar. The bartender is dead, and Tetsuo is, like, lurched in the corner in the ceiling, just being ultra creepy. <laughs> Did and, you uh, kill him? You killed him! <laughs> That's what they said. <laughs> that's my cold open right there <laughs> just how he's saying that um so yeah the, the the capsules seem to take whatever powers that tetsuo had going on and just uh, make him even more insane somehow I guess. roids yeah uh back in jail uh because now Kaneda has been you know they've all been kidnapped by or not kidnapped i don't think we can say that government. definitively what that, that gave him more powers that well then what was the point of the capsules I thought they were like some type of medicine or sedative because they're like might, the four locos of the Akira world. It might have been That's worse. How I took he, it. It might have been worse if he didn't take them. Maybe, maybe he would have just blown up the whole city right then if he didn't have a few. There's capsules. no way to know. There's no. Does way he have the cape yet? No, we're gonna. Maybe okay. we might get there if, depending on how many stories, <laughs> depending on how many tangents how he has. Um, but back I'm in just jail, really excited about the cape scene. Go ahead. Back in jail, where Kaneda and his uh, lady friend, whose name I never wrote down, are in prison. Kay. Um, yeah, Kay. Thank you. Uh, she starts telling him about about Akira. Uh, the alter the, the it refers to it as the an ultimate energy. Uh, she discusses ancient memories. Uh, basically, she's referring to an, uh, an energy that is uh, that is you know well before mankind, well before humankind well before civilization and all of this stuff the, the beginning of the universe essentially um that's the way i took it and he said long ago which i think he's talking about 30 years ago he said people tried to gain control of that power and some point in here you realize it's not really her talking it's not Kay talking it's actually that the little girl number 25 is, is, is sort of speaking through her body now and basically she's channel, channeling this information to Kaneda. Uh, is that a violation of the nap hmm. i don't know any, does it cause any stark, damage i guess does it cause any damage I've heard I mean, saw some similar things like that. Does it does it matter? Well, it does. does. It this, is, this is a libertarian show. Maybe we should should discuss if jumping and talking through someone's body is a violation. I suppose if you're taking control over someone's body, which means you're you're using their lips and their brain, and it's against their will. I, I think I guess it is a 
somewhat of a violation of the NAP. Didn't seem to cause any real problems, though, in this case. This is the least volatile thing to happen in the film. <laughs> yeah, really. We're, we're really stretching one, here. That's the one that brings up the ethical conundrum. It's less it of one than killing a guy first. Non-consensual. But, yeah. But technically, well, I can't probably. Just jump in my voice box, okay? <laughs> um, anyway, they break out. Um, Kaneda takes a bike and drives it into a wall. Is that what I have? I wrote that down. I don't know why. Well, that was like a funeral thing for the guy that Tetsuo killed at the bar. He like kind of blew up his bike to kind of send it with him. Oh, okay. You know? I so didn't he understand had something that. to ride in the you know the afterlife. Oh, I totally missed the context of that. Yeah, that's, that's some that's Viking why. level shit. Yeah. Wow. I, I, that's I. I remember that because I particularly liked it from you know my viewings. Okay. So that's okay. why that happened. <laughs> the more um, you know. Anyway, that that old government guy, like the guy that's, or was some not not the president guy, but some other old government guy, he finds out about the coup, the coup uh, as the army is attacking this building, um, and then uh, the resistance guy shows up. If I have this right, someone can pick up from me here if they don't remember. But I let's see, what did I write down here? Oh yeah, the, the resistance cop shows up, and you find out that he was working with that old guy in the first place. So there was already the resistance was also within the government as well. Um, th- do I have that right? I just want to make sure I'm not mixing anything yeah. up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's all right. Uh, and then the old guy shoots him. <laughs> or <laughs> I, I wrote who shoots him, and I'm not now. I'm not sure who shot who. Anybody he shoots remember? him, and then he runs away yeah. with the with the briefcase full of cash. Okay. Right. Okay. So I did have. I, I should trust my notes. All right. Uh, let's see. Da da da. The army has put this whole place on lockdown now. Uh, the entire like government institution. And then Tetsuo shows up looking badass, and he now does put on the cape. He has decided to grab a piece of piece of cloth and fashion himself a cape, and he just starts to blow shit up. <laughs> I, um, I gotta say, like of all the shit that he has done himself at this point, he like that's when you know there's no going back. Because if you're willing to put on a cape. That means you're willing to be ridiculed for wearing a cape, which means you can only get away with that if you have the ability to blow people up with your mind. He's given up trying to you redeem himself at any point. You don't think we can make capes cool again? I don't think we can. And if I and if we did, I want to know that if someone makes fun of that cape, I'm going scanner. Dark, I'm going like scanners on their mind. I'm going to make sure they blow up in front of their friends and family. <laughs> don't you Not wish? Tw- don't you wish 2020 was like capes are cool again instead of like civil unrest and pandemics and i have a feeling that all of that has to happen to normalize the wearing of capes because we're all wearing masks now i feel like capes are the next thing there needs to be a disease where we need to wear wear a cape to prevent the transmission i'm still trying to figure out when capes were ever cool i mean to actually wear in life probably never yeah that's it's like i I don't remember a time when people did wear i think i think it's some time like not like the standard superhero cape, but like like a caped cloak type thing. Well, if you're on horseback going through the rain in the English moorlands, yeah, you would need a cape. It wasn't cool. It was like wearing rain boots. It oh. served a purpose. Yeah, but they were cool. I'm sure they had stylish ones, the ro- royalties. Well, yeah, of course. Cool. You, just like you have a, a nice coat, right? A cape is just a coat, yeah. like really, but a shittier version, which is why we don't use them anymore. I, I feel like if Kanye West starts wearing capes, It'll become a thing. Maybe we should start wearing capes. I'm not going that far, Mark. Okay. I need to see somebody else cross that line. Not until we get the powers to not give a fuck about it. Exactly. Uh, if I can blow it up in my mind, I'm wearing a cape, which is why when he grabs the red curtain thing and he's like, 
I'm gonna make a cape out of this. That's just him owning it. I respect yeah, that. I'm going, su- point, I'm going yeah. full on super villain now. Fuck, if, like I'm, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You won't be the first. Well, he gets, he gets even crazier in a bit because he, well, I'll just continue. He continues to blow yeah. some shit up here and he starts to kind of attract a following, I think, because he's largely attacking like government institutions. So now he starts to get a following between it's like half protesters that are just sort of starting to follow him and then half the cult members that were this cult of Akira. And they're kind of seeing Tetsuo as, you know, the new Akira or bringing back the power of Akira or what have you. So he's, well, he did. He's, they were right. He's developed. They were right. Yeah. So he, he's, he's developing. Uh, Say it again. The cult members were right. The cult members were right. The well, cult members were right. The cult members were right. All right. What's that, JD? JB? Well, I, I, maybe you were going to lead into about the bridge incident. Because where they, like, maybe there was some I can use a break, set. so to describe it for us. So when, when he's making his way towards Akira, there's a scene where he gets confronted with the military towards on a Akira, bridge. Or are you talk, or toward, towards Akira? Tetsuo. <clears throat> Tetsuo's on his way to Akira, right? And then there's a point where he confronts the military on this bridge. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the uh, the cultists behind them and the military in front of him. And he just in fighting he just blows up the bridge and like pretty much takes everyone down. Yeah. Including the people who are basically on his side, like the cultists, both the military and the cultists both fall down as he brings down the bridge. Well they were I don't know if there's any significance there about the cult's relationship with Akira and and the military and how if you everyone's going to basically just die at the end, regardless of what side you're on. This is a libertarian lesson. When you start <laughs> willingly following people. Don't chase the ring of power. It, yeah. I mean, if you start willingly following people who blow up people of their minds and wear capes, <laughs> don't be surprised when they kill you. That's a very yeah, specific no, lesson. Maybe that's, should, a, maybe that's really the message there. <laughs> it's like, no one should follow, follow tats, lunatics. Tatsuo, they will but, kill you. But Akira is different. <laughs> right. Well, maybe they should have asked, are you Lord Akira? He never says no. He never says yes. So well, they, just knew, they knew he was going to bring him back. I wish he did. That, they're assuming a lot of things. If I they're, saw yeah. that and I was one of these cult members, I'd be like, I just need a statement, a declaration. I don't, I don't think they have the specifics down. I just think they know. They see the power. They think that has something to do with Akira, and they're That they're, dude they're has a board. cape. Yeah. He has a board. cape. They've been waiting I'll for this be honest, moment. If I see some dude blowing up shit with his mind, I'd probably be- just go believe what he said too. It's like, yeah. well, I've never seen that before, so I think everything's open now. <laughs> And Kate's bad charisma. <laughs> yeah. Well, Tetsuo continues to just tear shit up, tear shit up. This is like 20 minutes probably on, of, of video of him just destroying everything. And uh, he goes back to the facility to tear that shit up. Um, the weapons could do nothing against him. It does not matter. Uh, you know, tanks, bombs, whatever. Nothing has an effect on Tetsuo. Uh, Kaneda comes back, though. He's got his bike back. He's got his old biker outfit on, and he drives to the destruction. He's going he's gonna to confront Tetsuo somehow. You know, he's decided he's going to be the one to, to, to figure this all out. And uh, he has some kind of, like, laser gun. I'm not sure. Did I miss where he got this gun? Or did he just pick it up somewhere? I, I don't he know. He just kind of finds kinda it. Yeah. He just has this laser gun. And, well, the military uh, just got their asses whooped, so it's probably laying around. Yeah, yeah I, I think guess he so. just picked it up from, like, a dead soldier or something like that. Yep, he, he actually fires this gun through Tetsuo, which doesn't do anything. It shoots through him, and then, like, a second later, he's fine, and the gun stops working. So, um, so he, it's really not effective, but then he does, Tetsuo does get his arm blown off at that point. Um, or I think, yeah, I think it was around that point. 
And then we see an energy beam from space blast down as they have ignited some weapon that they have had out there. Um, <clears throat> but uh, I guess Tetsuo or some kind of energy is protecting Kaneda uh, under some bubble so he does not get destroyed by this energy thing from space. So uh, it's not clear to me here if it's Tetsuo that has decided to protect his friend because there, there is an inner conflict we see at some point with Tetsuo sort of, sort of battling with what he's becoming and battling with sort of connecting with the power of Akira. So it's not clear to me if it was Tetsuo consciously doing that or if that was just the Akira power protecting, protecting Kaneda. I'm not really sure. I think it could be, I, it, it could be either. I really do think that, that that part's kind of up for interpretation based off of what, you have, what, what your opinion of the whole situation is. Yeah, because the way I see it, I'm, Tetsuo could kill... Canada whenever he wanted you know this is I think this is what they're setting up considering how easily he dispatched everyone else his friends shouldn't be giving him really this much pop trouble right. unless he doesn't really want to kill him i guess it shows you, know? you that maybe there's some there's some human in there that at least exactly. maybe there, with all these nameless faceless people yeah, there's something him holding him back from just dispatching this person right. he's known because he can blow people up with his mind so it's like obviously you he's know? not going to <laughs> I, I think, you know, I, I think he does actually respect Canada in a way because he he's the one who's really in charge of the biker gang. And I, I know in the actual, in the comics, they are actually brothers or half brothers, at least. In the uh, film, they're not. They never, yeah, they don't mention that in the film. Yeah, in, in the film, they are not. And the director has said was he was doing the film, they are not related. But in the comics, they are related. But in Blame a way... Canada. Yeah. So, <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, if he wants to, because all this is really a power trip for him. Because you know, I made fun of the cape, but I mean, the cape is basically to say I could do whatever I want. So the fact that he's doing this and he's putting on the god awful cape, and now he's got people following him, it's like he could do anything. But if he doesn't have Canada's respect in a way, it's like if I just blew him up, it would mean nothing. I want him to know I can keep him alive. And that the only reason like he's that. not dead is because I have chosen not to kill him. I can, but I'm not. And when I do, if I do, it's going to be something that he sees coming. I want him to see it coming. Yeah, he's not going to get an easy, uh, you get blown up with my mind, death. That's not, that's not how it's going to work. Uh, let's see. Tetsuo then uh, flies up into space <laughs> to this energy beam thing. And, it was uh, a satellite, he, wasn't it? It was a, it was a satellite weapon. It was like it Ronald was a, Reagan's wet dream, essentially. Yeah. The Star Wars like space satellite that shot this rods huge beam God. down. It's like the rail gun, yeah, the rod. From yeah, God. exactly. It was like this. this stop! Stop! This I can orbital only get weapon. so erect right now. Yeah, it's an or, it's orbital weapon. <laughs> rods or, from God. Orbital weapon system. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, instead of just simply disabling it or blowing it up, which would be the easy thing to do, Tetsuo takes control of this gun and just starts raining death, even more death and terror down upon the city. And then he just brings the whole bitch crashing down uh, from this wreckage. I don't know why he can get shot by the gun and regenerate, but he couldn't. I don't know if he couldn't regenerate an arm, like a normal arm, or he just decided, you know what? I'm going to go T2 on this thing. And he decides to craft himself a new arm out of metal. And he is now sitting on a throne <laughs> that he is that he's built as well. So he's now yeah. wearing a cape. He's got a metal arm, and he's sitting on sitting on a throne, looking at, around this destroyed city, looking like an absolute fucking madman. I, I gotta say that is probably my favorite piece of animation. To to the formation this, of the arm. Yeah, because I mean, you look at that, and you see every little fiber, but you know getting put together and everything like that is stunning animation. 
You don't see that even in CGI today. Like, this is why the, the Transformer films, I can't watch them because it's like if you pause them in certain frames or if you watch them during certain scenes, it's like you could see where they're putting effort and where they're not putting effort. They put effort through everything in this film. And that scene where the arm is forming, they put a little bit more attention towards that. It lasts for like at least 10, 15 seconds. But, I mean, it, it goes beyond even what we have with our capabilities today. I think it just really shows that there's less attention to detail in the things that we're now consuming. And it's almost like we've gone back just because we have cheaper, more affordable ways to create this type of, you know, graphics or animation. It's made them lazy. Yeah. They don't have to put a lot of detail because we have the fancy graphics that make it all look real, but it doesn't look real. It just looks, you know, fake and simple. I think what you're mentioning, Ramso, might be why this, this movie freaked me out a little bit when I was a kid. And I was thinking about the plot before I watched it now as an adult, I couldn't understand why it's hard. It's not really a horror movie or anything like that, but that scene where the blue kids turn into those big stuffed animals, that freaked me out yeah. again as a 36 year old. It's freaky. Scale. Yeah. Of all these things coming together to form something else and then falling apart. I'm like, this is like unsettling to me. This, right this, now. Made, me, like, <laughs> this made me not only hate a lot of modern animation, but like I've been a apologist of like the green lantern movie from 20, whatever. Now it makes me hate green lantern. <laughs> I've still never seen that movie. I kind of, I really want to watch it for the, uh, just because I've heard it's so terrible. Do not, do not, do not watch the director's cut. Just watch the theatrical version. Okay. Of Green Lantern? Yeah, I've like seen... Like Ryan the, Reynolds' Green Lantern? Yeah, I've seen the I want to see it because cut. it's bad, but not because it's... I think okay, it's then watch the director's cut. Usually the director's okay. cut makes a movie better. I saw the director's cut once, and I was like, I don't deserve to, like... Live deserve to live to see another tomorrow because I just willingly spent hours watching this, and I feel like a worse person. So are you getting the Snyder cut or what? We're getting the Snyder cut. <laughs> if only there's a snyder oh, yeah. cut of akira adding adding the other books that came out after i could talk for two hours about the snyder cut trailer trailer that released today but we don't have yes. time for that anymore yeah. uh maybe something else maybe a bonus segment of some kind at some point down the road but or maybe on the second print comics podcast yeah. uh tetsuo's girl then shows up forgot about her uh confronts him on the throne uh Evil Colonel, who maybe isn't that evil actually now, we realize, shows up. Um, misunderstood Colonel. <laughs> yes, misunderstood Colonel. <laughs> that should be his, 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 uh, his, his tagline. Um, the scientist is back somewhere communicating with them, saying that Tetsuo can't handle the power anymore because he's not taking the drugs. I guess, you know, the drugs they were giving him to sort of suppress that power. So his physical body, his corporeal form cannot handle it. So Colonel says, I'm going to end this shit right now. Whatever. And Colonel shoots Tetsuo and his arm turns into this crazy shit is all, is all i can describe it as uh well, he, re- he rebuilt it like it was a robotic arm yeah well that, that's the arm we just talked about but it, he, he yeah uh but canada then also shoots him with his laser gun thing so they're all they're all going after him still uh and then 20 number 26 and number 25 and uh, professor x show up <laughs> so everyone's here <laughs> and i'm not sure who says this but i put i think it, it might be 25 who said it but they said akira is here um, so at this point, kind of referring to, I think at some point, I think I left this out, but at, at some point in the movie, they do sort of have a flashback scene where you see sort of the experiments and, uh, they, they sort of reference the various experiments of the years. And, and I, I think you sort of come to realize that Akira was basically number one. Is that, is that what you guys all get from this as well? That, the, the that actual... number has meaning. There you go, Howie. Number one. I never noticed. 
I don't think they ever state it, but that's that's what I take from it. So that, profound, that, yep. That, that Kira was the, uh, so profound. He was the first, so it was number one. Uh, that's what I got from it by the end of the movie as well. Number I, I just took one. that. Number one. Is that Akira was the first experiment and that, that they couldn't control and that it you know, caused that explosion and caused him to you know, unite with this greater power, but they're just referring to it as Akira now because that was that, that experiment. Why did the other experiments suck so bad? How was the first one the best one? It, it wasn't the best one. It blew up the city. Well, well, I mean, think about it. It's like, okay, I mean, guys, it was the best and worst. Yeah, I mean, guys, check like, out 26. He can do all the things that all the other 25 could well, do. That's why he can't walk. According to the Kira <laughs> wiki... He was patient 28. Oh. Oh. What? Yeah. That doesn't make sense. Uh, you're wrong, Mark. Can he walk at least? Well, okay. <laughs> maybe that's uh, the comic The, the Akira Wiki is probably referencing things. the comic, so maybe that's more yeah, clear. Yeah, maybe it's in this movie, it's In this movie, it's not clear at all. Yeah. Um, you Please, just know, accept the mystery. Because I actually thought, <laughs> for a lot of the movie, I thought Akira was just the power, but then you realize there was actually a real boy, Akira. That See, did. I thought he was something other than one of his experiments. I thought... He was like, uh, aren't we all more than what we seem? Some power they were trying to recreate, but not necessarily that they created him in the first place. That's what I thought too. But then, because at first I thought it was just a power, and then I realized those cult guys had me thinking. Right, that is what the cult guys had me thinking. (laughs) Don't tell me they stir you wrong. In the comics, there are they're not mutants, but basically after the first bomb went off that destroyed Tokyo, they started to see that there were some you know genetic changes and made to people almost like mutants in a way but it's it's all basically unlocking this telepathic psychological power that's why they all have stuff that basically comes from their mind outward so what was the bomb originally i just want to to jump in about what howie and mark said just a japanese nerd alert i don't think a japanese person would have thought he was just a power because akira is a common name that would be like calling uh, some okay. ethereal power in American Dave, media. Like Steve. It's Steve. Or, or John. Yeah, he's, so, he's the that. cult of Steve. The cult of yeah, Steve. so I, the, a Japanese person would probably assume it's a person because that's like calling the power of God John. You know, so it doesn't work if you're in Mexico and you're so, like, the power of God, Jesus. <laughs> but basically, whoever Akira was, he ultimately his power was too overwhelming for his corporeal physical form, and he merged with this greater power of the universe. Do we all agree on yeah. that? Okay, yeah. good. That's the point. That's the real point. And now Tetsuo starts to lose complete control of everything. Maybe now that he's connecting with the the power of of, of Akira and all the stress of his, you know, I don't know. It's not really clear, but things are going bad because he's turning into a giant blob. And he's start, now he's now asking Kaneda for help. Like he he's actually now saying, "Help me!" Like he doesn't know what to do. He turns into like a giant baby. Kaneda <laughs> should have whispered, "No, no, <laughs> fuck, <laughs> fuck you." <laughs> You keep wearing, motherfucker. Eat my dick. Um, and uh, yeah, this whole giant baby blob. Ask for my help. And this giant baby no. blob consumes Canada, <laughs> consumes this girl, uh, T- Tetsuo's girlfriend. I never caught her name. Uh, but uh, she's being crushed by Tetsuo. And Tetsuo's like, he's like, I can't even stop this. I'm losing my shit. He's, he's asking Canada to help. And Canada's like, I don't know, more. man. I'm, I'm stuck inside you too. What do you want me to do? But uh, Canada does eventually That's escape. That's what she said. <laughs> he definitely uh, <laughs> Canada does escape uh, after a laser blast opens up a little slit into <laughs> t- t- this giant Tetsuo blob that he crawls out of. Uh, these there are also these little liquids that the kids brought that the uh, twenty five and twenty six and, and Professor X brought. I don't know what they are. I car. I, they are. I guess they're maybe they're the drugs or some of the other. I don't know what they are. Do you guys know what they are? No, they're not. The drugs. only way to stop this is more crystal meth. 
Yeah, well, either way. I, I when, had a more mystical feeling than them just being drugs. Come on. <laughs> it's something about connecting to this, this power. Uh, I call DM- them the Akira liquids. Maybe DMT. Yeah. Anyway, all this shit gets knocked over, and whatever uh, you know, whatever they release or whatever, it's, um, it's time. It's Akira time, basically, at this point. Uh, Akira is here. Akira has arrived. We see a giant bright, bright light. It is consuming everything. Uh, at some point, it seems like the, uh, the colonel... The colonel, the misunderstood colonel, he gets like teleported away. He seems like he was like inside the light, and then suddenly he was just like flashed away. So maybe this is maybe Akira power. The power of Akira agrees with us, or I think it was actually twenty five that that did it because she was holding his hand. Because um, she is seems this, this might be this more evidence rap, that the this might be more evidence rap. that the colonel's not that bad because the kids seem to be you know they seem to like him like like uh, twenty five protects him and you know they seem to be on his side. Uh, so maybe he is okay. Like it could have been the rapture. Or maybe he was oh, raptured. Oh, wow. <laughs> maybe he was raptured. Uh, Tetsuo is also <laughs> consumed entirely by this light. At this point, like uh, Takashi, yeah, it's actually number 26, his name. I did get his name. Uh, Takashi goes into the light to chase after, to, to help them, to help Tetsuo in Canada. And then uh, 25 and Professor X, they're talking. They're like, I don't know. We, we can't, they're not going to be able to, they're not, they're not powerful enough to stop this. They're not going to be able to get out. And he's like, yeah, we can't, we can't do it. We can't get out. And then they're like, well, wait, if we all go in there and we all use our power, then maybe we can do it. So all the kids go in, go into this light, which has consumed Tetsuo in Canada. And then we go to some kind of like weird dream flashback scene. Um, you're, they're teaching Tetsuo, like Tetsuo's like a kid. He's learning how to bike. And I think, okay, this is, this is a little confusing to me as well. But I, I, I believe we were seeing memories and realizing that Tetsuo had already been experimented on or had been had some testing done in this facility is that am i getting the right thing something's gotta explain that like ginormous head yeah (laughs) (laughs) i don't i don't know i don't remember that doesn't mean that that wasn't the case they they showed him he hit there's a memory you see because it seemed like it was hetsuo's memories and like of him being a kid and all this stuff and then you see what i think is him brought into this facility and then he's there in this in the same facility with these like psychic kids and they're doing all this testing and stuff and they showed that and it seemed like it was from tetsuo's point of view so i i took it to mean like that 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 you know yes they he it wasn't like just because he ran into blue kid that he had these powers he was already as a child brought in there and and i think they were i think he probably naturally had these powers or got them from the explosion or whatever it oh, was wait wait that wasn't akira that was him. I thought he was seeing Akira's. Memories. Maybe I read that wrong. Then maybe that was Akira's memories they were saying the whole time. Is that what it was? That, that's that, what that, I. That's what I thought. But again, I, I was drinking and didn't care that much. Yeah. Anyway, we eventually in this <laughs> throughout this uh, thing see the birth of the universe <laughs> and uh, the city is destroyed and then uh, the last words we hear because they were like are, melding with Akira. That's why I thought they're seeing Akira's memories. Maybe you're right. That might be why I was confused. I probably it, am. I usually am. Can we Google this? <laughs> Somebody. I mean, it's the last scene because then the movie ends. Then you just hear, like, you see this this energy kind of fading away into this bright light or whatever, and you just hear, I am Tetsuo. Yeah. So Tetsuo has kind of become one with... Maybe he's taken over the Akira power or he's become one with it, or but he's still recognizing himself. Like, he's merging this greater power. That's always what it's... He didn't take it over. Like, Akira, like whisked him away with him they yeah somewhere else I, I think the general consensus is that i think akira just like, consumed him in because he yeah 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 like he created a new universe but with tetsuo but he's still like a separate consciousness which mm-hmm. is why it ends like that to show you that he's not like he still has a sense of himself you know and is not completely part of this new universe mm-hmm. that they've created like someone someone has to know what happened 
In a like way. no, for certain, I guess the author does. No, 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 no. no. What, what I mean is, like, Tetsuo, <laughs> like if if you're restarting existence from scratch, it's like you almost have to have some sense of continuity. Like I will remember what happened because someone has to carry the burden of remembering why this happened. I am just looking up because this is the kind of research. I we think I see here. what you mean. Although this is really long, I can't read this all right now. There's an article on Quora where someone explains the entire ending of Akira, but it's really long. I don't think I can read it right now. Okay, did anyone see 2001 Space Odyssey? Hold on, I'm just going to read one part at the end. Oh, Put good, it in the show notes. Hold on, no, this is one, there's one highlighted part I'm going to read. The burst of white light is unexplained, but it is meant to signify that, that like Akira, Tetsuo has transcended into another plane of existence. At the end of the movie, Tetsuo says cryptically, I am Tetsuo, he exists. That line could possibly be an allegorical reference, uh, creation of the universe, or you know, similar to Abraham's or the Abrahamic God's first words. Uh, but it is definitely a sign that Tetsuo is not merged with Akira and still exists as an independent entity. So that makes sense, I guess. Yeah, I think that's kind of like what I was saying. Like, so oh, yeah. and sorry, right before that, and this this kind of answers a question I had before because um, it says when when he's absorbed into Akira into the energy with Akira's help. Um, Let's see. Uh, so they're saying the flashback. Uh, Tetsuo has sent one last message to Kaneda. He shows him a flashback of Kaneda standing up for him in front of schoolyard bullies. So he's showing he's showing that image to Kaneda. So that's basically him saying, like, yeah, I know you were cool with me back in the day, so sorry about all this. <laughs> sorry about trying to kill you like half a dozen times. Sorry things got weird. But, uh, Man, I put it on a cape. I don't know what I was doing. He's still a dick. <laughs> so what were you going to say, uh, Rebzo? Oh, I was going to say, it's almost somewhat like the ending for 2001 Space Odyssey, when at the very end of the film, the guy becomes like the space baby, and existence starts over again, but this person will have knowledge of everything that happened up until that point, and why, because you can't just start a new, there, there has to be some extinction level event to justify starting over. And I think that's what this is. Like Tetsuo, as he makes a new world, it might not be perfect, but it will be better than the shit that led to this happening. Does that make sense? Or else it all, none of it mattered, almost. Does it though? Does it? <laughs> I don't know if any of it matters. The, the Japanese are known for their nihilism. Let me stare off. Yeah, let me stare off into space. Let me stare off into space like sad Ben Affleck. Like, let, let, I want to say something beautiful about nihilism, though. Listen, oh, okay. if, if nothing, <laughs> Remzo's face right there. It, this is why that, you need to join the Pride because for as little as two dollars a month, you can see the live streams when we do these shows. And just, you can see facial thought, reactions. Just, just a thought I had. If nothing matters, if there's no plan, there's no big point, and we're conscious beings. That means we can decide what matters. We can. That's well, that existentialism. Does, that, that, means, that doesn't mean nothing matters then. That's Howie, that's existentialism. Oh, no. It, it, <laughs> if I'm in a nihilist world and nothing matters, it's like, well, you know what? I'm going to decide what matters and I'm going to, whatever, create my own thing. Yeah, that's Yeah, that's, you just that's define, that's the definition of existentialism, what you just All said. Right, well, I guess I like that. Yeah. Like Sauce and, you know, those guys. They, who, this is a lot of Jean-Paul Sauce. You, know, okay. you mean John Paul Sartier? <laughs> That's the um, one. Yeah, I mean, it is, is that really all... what that is? Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
It's, you know, the, the thing about Japanese fiction, even the stuff we see now, is that everything is done in a post-World War II event. Like, even when you look at the creation yeah. of Godzilla, for example, Godzilla is the result of man pushing the limits. And once you create something like that, you begin to lose control of it, whether it's the unsustainable levels of violence being conducted or it's pushing the limits of sciences that man was not meant to understand. And whether you're seeing it through Akira or Godzilla or through a lot of the other post-World War II Japanese stories that have really even you know, pushed out into what Western civilization where we've been able to understand it, it all comes from the sense of past trauma and how do you transcend past that? And in this sense, it's like there always has to be a new point. Post-World War II Japan was shit, but they chose to get better. Po you know, Neo-Tokyo, like this is them after the bomb. Well, obviously something else has to happen to push them forward. So maybe the world might not be better, but it'll be different to give them that starting chance. That's what a lot of all this stuff really represents. It's what comes after the, the thing that forces us to stop living the lives we're living. That's all I got. And Godzilla Protect. That's, that's definitely, attack. Definitely, definitely a solid thought. I've right, read what a, what a, sorry, was that JB? Okay, yeah. I was just going to say, I've read actually a couple of things talking about how World War II affected like Japanese culture post-war and their media. And Godzilla is one of the things that they brought up too. So yeah, it's definitely, I can definitely see those elements in Godzilla, Akira. Godzilla, Akira, it's all the same, yeah. the same trend. All us. <laughs> they Powers from, that we cannot they, comprehend. They went from like kamikaze samurai to like big boobed anime chicks yeah things took a turn things took quite a turn <laughs> yeah, toss a couple toss a couple atom bombs somewhere and man shit gets really weird the japanese like i should, will say this should they the got like a, a nazi bar there in japan yeah 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 like, that wouldn't surprise, surprise me. me that wouldn't surprise me at all like, we should go to it. like I, I will say this like japanese <laughs> the japanese have like the highest level of like depression per capita than any other civilization right now. Really? Like the Japanese are depressed. You know they have a problem. They're running out of women. Yeah. That's, 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 that's the problem that the Chinese are having too. Yeah, but yeah, I thought I they just say, didn't was... want to have sex. I didn't think there wasn't enough women. There's both. There's way more men than women. In Japan? Yeah. Mm. Really? I didn't yeah. know that. So like Compared all... most cultures, yeah. Yeah, like all of their all of their fiction, all of their stories is about it's almost always extreme versions of escapism. That's why they need all the weird porn happy. because there's not enough women to nope. satisfy nope. When the tentacles come that's, up, you know there's that's a problem. not why. That's not why. Okay, well I was trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. Why? So you know happy? how they have like like the blurry when the penis is penetrating. They weren't allowed to show it, and they're like, "Oh, well, we can't show the penis. We'll use tentacles instead." And so that was like because of the censorship and the like the repression. Like we can't show a penis penetrating vagina, so let's use these weird tentacles things. That's no law, hilarious. There's no law against that. That's hilarious. That's <laughs> now that's the libertarian lesson, not of Akira, but of Japanese anime. We found overall. it. We we we, we repression breeds perversion. Are there any other libertarian? Uh, I don't know. Maybe not lessons, but talking points or anything like that we can take from Akira. I mean, I think there are definitely references. Look at Remzo's face. <laughs> Just he's been shocked. He's been shocked for the last five minutes. I don't know what I'm thinking right I now. I think how he had something beautiful to say about nihilism. He hasn't been the same. <laughs> a few things I know about Japanese history. <laughs> I, I mean, I will definitely say that the, the one thing that this film 
shows. And I think we see this when we look at the downfall of any society, because ultimately the one thing that is a takeaway is that this is definitely a society that's collapsing. It's just what causes the collapse. And we saw that even before Tetsuo got his powers, he was just really like the final chapter of it. It was always coming down. But what we see are things, you know, it's it's just consumer culture. And this is where I get into certain arguments with some libertarian academics. I'm like, I think countries and societies and nations are more than just parametered markets. They have to have a culture. They have to have things that unify different communities. There have to be reasons for people to live and find purpose other than just the achievement of commercial or physical consumption and goods. And what we see- That's why all the best libertarians are Catholics. <laughs> I mean, this is the same message that you see in Blade Runner. Blade Runner is one of my favorite, um, you know, you know, neo neo noir genres because what it is is it's deconstructionist. You don't see the regular hero. You don't see them fighting for something that is an objective good. They're all just trying to hang on to the sh- to the shittiness of the current situation because they fear things getting worse. Not that they think that things are good now, but they fear it getting worse. So then by the end of it, you're like, who is really the hero in the situation? And do these people need saving? Like I know you were in jest earlier, you were talking about Rorschach's famous quote from, I'll see the world burning and then they'll scream, save me. And I will say no. Like that's, that's really mu- very much of the same thing because when you look at Alan Moore's Watchmen and you see the world they've created, it's this, you know, even though they won Vietnam and Nixon's serving like four terms and stuff like this, it's still a society that's asking what, what do we do now? Because, you know, things just are not right. I think the Japanese really embody that in their fiction, which is why I think in a weird way, even though several generations have passed from World War II, almost 80 years, I think they're still trying to find that question. I mean, find the answer to that question. I like it. I like it. JB, scientific view of Akira. Scientific view? (laughs) Is there really one? I don't know. I have one. It's interesting about like the powers that they have and like, like the kind of mythology or mythos behind Akira. And it made me think a lot about like Einstein's um, equation E equals MC square when I was watching it. It's the only science thing I could think about how much like energy there is in like mass, like the, the mass energy equivalence, because like whatever mass you have, you're multiplying by the square root of 300 million. Cause that's how big, like the C is the speed of light. And, like, a thimble has you, enough, like, energy. Does you know you've pop- already lost normies? I cannot follow this at all. But go ahead. Continue. You mean <laughs> I lost them? But I was just thinking about that. It's like, if there was some way that you could control, like, mass and convert it to energy, you could, the things that you could do would be similar to that. You know, I did have that thought. But that's as far as scientific as my care of viewing got. You heard it here first. Akira is true scientifically. Howie, uh, any <laughs> any last comments or uh, thoughts? Up? Do you do you hate the movie as much as you did uh, before the show? <laughs> um, Can you take yeah. one libertarian lesson from it? No. Not one. <laughs> um, I thought we learned that cults aren't that bad and coups are okay. We didn't I, I, mean, I mean, I, I would actually... I know everybody has raved about how much care has been put into the art and this and that, but I would actually like to see it redone today <laughs> when we actually... I really think they are redoing it, aren't they? 
They're going to do a live action one, though. A, oh. a two or three part film series. I bet you I'll enjoy that more, especially if it's made in English. They're going to have to beef up the and dialogue not and make, make it not inane. And they're going to have to make you care about a character somehow. They're going to add <laughs> stuff, I bet. But I don't want it to be made by a, a Western studio, though. I want it to be done by a Japanese studio, or at least a Chinese or, studio. Or I, have a Western I, studio I make vote, it. But, I vote but, Korean. But I'm instead sure of the Japanese will love that. No, it's got <laughs> if it's a Western studio, it's got to be called just day. It's called Steve. I've seen some really good. I've seen some really good Korean like, movies. Oh, Steve will return soon. <laughs> the power but, of Steve has arrived. Steve but like, has anyone seen Death Note on Netflix? Yes, or Death Note's uh, awesome. in the shell. Yeah, Death Note's pretty good. They're, they're all good, but they're not the same. And what I do understand, this is not an SJW point. I don't like it when they intentionally whitewash some of the characters. Wait, Death Note has a live action? I was talking about yeah, the anime. No, no, Death Note oh, has a live action. I didn't know there was an anime, so here we are. I've never heard of Death Note at all. No, I Death knew it was based Death on a Japanese movie. I, I thought I didn't realize it was so anime. Death Note is great because it has um, uh, Willem Dafoe as the demon. Yeah, the movie's awesome. Oh, yeah? I mean, it's oh. not awesome, but I, I enjoy, it's enjoyable. It's I don't mean to interrupt, but this is important, and I'm going to forget if I don't. Did you guys see the article yesterday that the Punisher is bisexual? Okay, no, that was not a true article. That was a commentary piece by somebody yeah. from CBS. It's not art. It's not a reporting article at all. It wasn't. He <laughs> One of the is dumbest gay. It's definitive. It's from page New York Post. Punisher is bi. <laughs> it was like, is this what we write about when there's the only thing in the actual news is racism? So such a like, Washington, oh, What can we find in the comments? Such a Punisher Washington goes Post both ways. News at eleven. <laughs> Such a washpo thing to do. Punishers by, and also he wore blackface at a Halloween party. <laughs> <laughs> Punisher canceled. Well, guys, I want to wrap this up with the uh, the pause up, pause down system. You can give. It really shouldn't. We, we when we when Brian and I reviewed movies, we had one two pause up or two or up to two pause up, or you can put your pause down. But there are four pause, so I think you can have a four pause system. But we just say pause up or pause down. So that's what I'm going to say. You can either put your pause up or your pause down. If you like the movie, pause up. If you don't, it's pause down. Very simple here. The rating system here at the Lions Liberty Movie Review uh, Studio. No, let's do a one. Out, let's do the four pause. Because right. I, don't, I don't want to give it a pause down. I, don't think, I think it's worth watching. I just don't want to. Okay, make... fine. I'll change my system that I just made up on the fly for you. So okay. how many pause for you, Howie? How many pause? Out of my four pause, I'll give it two. Two pause. Okay. See, I don't want to see a movie that's only fifty percent good. So you're not. If your if your goal is to get me to watch it, it's not working. I just didn't want it to come off as zero percent good. That's all. Okay. Fair enough. JB, how many pause you got for this thing? It's it's tough. I don't know. If you like anime, I I would give it four pause. It's definitely one of four, those types huh? of things that you have to watch if you claim to like. You have anime. to like the style to like. It, it, it's in the first it's place no. It's more like in the sense of like how people treat Citizen Kane when they're a cinemaphile. If you claim to like anime, this is the type of movie, this is a movie you have to kind of see. You know, it's like one of those things. It's, an, it's, a, it's a seminal piece. It's an iconic movie. Like some but, like it hot. You know, I've never yeah. actually seen Citizen Kane. Yeah, I had to watch it at Penn State movie I class. Too. I, I, yeah, I, I took that too. I fell we asleep. Watched I, it too. I didn't go yeah, that I asleep. Yeah. It was so I missed boring, that class but, a lot. I was like, because I'd be like, oh, I could just watch the movie we were going to watch in class. And then I wouldn't do that either. Dude, I didn't but actually that's an aside. That Did we take it the same time? It's possible. I don't know. I took it like I just remember I watching Some Like It Hot and Citizen Kane. Wait, Citizen Kane's the Rosebud one, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Those are the only two movies I remember watching in that class. Probably the only two classes I went to. 
<laughs> but what was I going to say? I think this is a symptom of don't never go back type of thing. I didn't like it as much as I remembered liking it when I saw it the, the first you know few times when I was younger, when I was a kid. I still liked it, though, but not as much. So I, I'm kind of like, how many paws to give it? I'd probably say three. You know, I can think because he cut a paw in half. That's probably cruel. We shouldn't do that. Yeah, I think like it's. I think it suffers from the fact that it's so like it's such a key thing in anime that it's been like done so much that I've seen it so much in like the subsequent twenty years that it doesn't seem that you know impactful. It doesn't seem it, groundbreaking because you've seen all the ground broken for twenty. Yeah, because it broke the ground, broke the and then I've subsequently watched twenty shows that were kind of based on its influence. Now I'm going back to it. That mm-hmm. type of thing. I'm does that make sense? Yeah, what I'm does. saying? I'm <laughs> certain if, if I saw it in 88, I'm certain I would have given it more pause. It's like there's some stuff from the past that seems so good then, but now it doesn't really hold up. Yeah, this, you have like, to remember this. You got this like nostalgic feeling. So yeah. here, here's an example. There's a movie everybody's seen. I didn't see it until like after college. And I was like, this isn't that great. But I could see if I saw it a long time ago, maybe I think that the movie is Clue. I that was not what I was expecting you to say. Yeah, I, I, was I, I, I didn't see that until I was like what? 27. I'm like, this isn't. This is even great. a movie people talk about. Who talks about Clue? It's like, this isn't great. If people talk about Clue is great. Is that the movie? I've never heard anyone discuss Clue as a great no, movie. I've never heard anyone discuss face Clue again. to any great Anyways, I need many, uh, rem- many screenshots of Remzo's So people face. don't think Clue is a good movie? <laughs> is that the one I'm thinking about with the murder and the. Who oh, done it? Clue. Yeah. It, Murder's kind of. Is that the one? <laughs> is there is the a, one with the murder. It, it's based on the game Clue. Have you played that? <laughs> no. You never played the game Clue. No. Oh, okay. So that's why you don't we, understand why saying it's about the murder actually does in, nothing. I understand why you're a nihilist right now. <laughs> All right, Remzo, give me your review. No, I'm pause a down, pause down. essentialist. Uh, no, wait. Existentialist. Stop, stop, stop all your This, head, this review is going to be longer than the movie in about three minutes, so let's I, wrap it up. I, I, At least I will, not I'll, a stoic. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I just, like right. to, I just like to pull some triggers okay. sometimes. I, uh, <laughs> go on, go ahead, go ahead. I, I will give it three out of four paws only because I reserve the fourth paw for rewatchability. There are films that if I'm, it's like, you know, I could watch this in any mood under any circumstances and I will watch it. This is not one of those films I would watch. And I gave the same, I would give like the same score to Joker. I think Joker is a remarkable film. Everyone should see it. But am I on a happy day? I'm going to be like, hey, you know what I want to watch right now? I'm in a good mood. I want to watch Joker. Hell no. It's not a, like, yeah, Joker. I I saw it in the theaters. (laughs) I saw it in the theaters and loved it. And then I tried to watch it with my girlfriend a couple times, and I, I just I didn't I couldn't get into it at all. It was weird, and I, I knew I liked the movie too. And I, I it's just like not a rewatchable movie. It's like a yeah. one time. It's kind of like a, the Sixth Sense. Like there's no reason to watch that. It's a great movie once, and there's yeah. there's no reason to watch it again because once you know the end, there's just no reason to watch it. Maybe that's a bad comparison. Think, it's I a different I, reason, I, but I, think I, I, I mean, it, like the one film I've watched more than any others is probably The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight is an example of four paws, only because I can watch up, yeah. that whenever. If you're going to get four paws, yeah, you got to be able to pop it in. True at romance, any time four and, paws. And think it's great. True romance does get four paws. I agree. We should do more movie reviews that are longer than the movie. Oh, let's do a true romance episode. Okay, I'm game. Maybe next month's uh, Nittany level Pride member will choose it, but we can also do it on. What's my level? What's the twenty-five dollar level? It's not the one where you get to produce a show, Howie. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
You don't have any power, bitch. I kind of feel like I just fire up Zoom and produce The good thing is you can, you can record audio at any point, and I will pledge to this day, anything you record, I will at least post it on our Patreon. So there's no, nothing holding you back, Howie. Nothing at all. And I pretty much usually would prefer it not on the main feed because I like to <laughs> wow. say crazy things, and I don't want the whole world to hear Well, them. you still owe us some, <laughs> some Korean mafia stories. I am going to give it also three paws because two seems too low for such a groundbreaking movie. That is a very good movie. Uh, I find myself enjoying it more talking about it afterwards, actually, than even necessarily when I was just watching it again. But um, yeah, it, it, Howie has points, actually, believe it or not, about the characters. And there is really no truly likable characters. Maybe the closest thing to it is like the kids, you know, the, the, or Professor X or whatever, 25 and 26, <laughs> like the psychic kids. They, they seem relatively, they seem like they're kind of just caught up in the whole thing. They're, Dude, trying, to do, they they're attacked, trying to do their best to mitigate they everybody. They Tatsuo here. for no reason. Well, yeah, they did try to kill him. Maybe he wouldn't be such a dick if they didn't do that. <laughs> well, they Blue knew lives matter. Was, they did turn into creepy, creepy large stuffed animals. So, yeah. You're right. I tried to find a redeeming character and I couldn't do it. <laughs> so everyone's terrible. A- Akira's okay, except for destroying Japan. Well, we don't know. But even we don't really know much uh, about Akira. We just the, only, he, the only real victim is oh, Akira's girlfriend. What if Akira has was originally at Pearl Harbor, and that's why he originally destroyed Stop, okay. stop, stop. We've got off the rails now. Then. No, stop, <laughs> no, just stop. All right, well, this seems like a great time to end the show. Once One, one Pearl Harbor joke too many during a Japanese anime is when I know it's time to wrap things up. So, gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on and uh, discussing, dissecting this movie in uh, probably more depth than I'm just going to say that any podcast ever has discussed it because we've been talking about it for two hours here. Uh, Thank you to Michael Wharton for suggesting this episode. He is our Nittany Level Pride member. Do not forget, for a meager 50 smackers a month, you can join the Nittany Level, and after three months, you'll be able to produce a show just like this. You'll be able to tee us up for two hours of rambling and coherence and slight references to the topic that you wanted us to bring up. So. (laughs) <laughs> Head over to patreon.com slash lines of liberty if that sounds great to you. Uh, until next time, my friends, will you please join me in pledging and asking for the world to please, as long as the power of Akira lives in the universe, to please live long! And, and-